Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are now listening to the Cast, the number one old-school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe Cast, number seventy-four with Kemp Q. Kemp Q. Oh, we just missed seventy-three. <laughs> what? I should have just oh, had man. you on for seventy-three, just to like troll, and then get Bodie on for seventy-four, or just have gotten <laughs> Bodie on for seventy-two. Just like, dude, or skill specs. Yeah. yeah, like, could you have just not waited one more episode to get him on the meme number, but? I was Definitely. really happy, by the way, that, that that did work out. I was that worked out nicely. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. That that's a five and a half hour cast that you did with Bodie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, jeez, yeah, that's wild. Sometimes, so I had a limit. My first year of podcasting, I was on a certain podcasting host service, and they would just severely reduce your audio quality if you went beyond four hours. So I always had, hmm. I always felt the need to cut off my guests around the four hour mark, and I was like. Yeah, that kind of sucks because we definitely could have talked longer. And uh, now that cap has been lifted. So, I mean, we've had a six-hour and 40-minute cast with Caveman only. That was wow, aggressive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a bit of time. Yeah, well, sorry to interrupt you and cut you off. No, uh, you're I'll good. go ahead and introduce myself. Yeah, I let's hear it. Um, so, my name is Kem Q. I am the world's most passionate RuneScape player. I started playing RuneScape in about 2006 when my brother introduced it to me, and then he got me to play the game for him, basically, uh, enslaved me and my other siblings to mine him ore, and then he would get to do the fun part of converting that ore into bars and then smithing the bars into armor, selling the armor for money, and he would pay us, like, you know, cents on the dollar, just a little <laughs> bit of money, um, while he kept most of the profits for himself. So he's about five years older than me, so he was smart enough to do that. That's how I got introduced into RuneScape, and ever since, I've been super passionate about it, love the game, and now I make videos full-time um, on, on RuneScape on two different YouTube channels. Hell yeah. We were talking right before this cast, just 
I was mentioning, I was like, were, were, was it you that was streaming around 2015? And you, and you were, and uh, that's right. It's crazy to see how just in a, it. I mean, of course, it's been seven years now, but to think that is such a short amount of time to be where you are now. So, big congrats on all the growth and just, I don't know. Thank you, thank you very much. It. I've done a lot of different kind of variety, both in game. And also when it comes to content creation, I actually first started out on Twitch. Um, kind of, well, that's where I got, you know, people like you that had seen my streams before. A lot of people started following me. But before that, I had made like a Iron Man series back in 2014 that was inspired completely by Bodhi uh, and his one man army series. Basically, what I tried to do was copy everything that he did <laughs> in his uh, in his one-man army series, but he had a lot more free time than I did. I was going to a very uh, difficult school, and I was trying to keep up with my studies while also playing RuneScape for however long he was playing RuneScape for, and I was just like months behind him like the entire time. So I never <laughs> kept up, but I, I did produce like four videos in a video series called Soldier of Solitude. And uh, that was very fun for me. It also didn't get any traction. Like I, I had, I think mm. I got like one to 2000 views uh, when I first started. Then I did streaming, um, did like du like dual arena staking. That's how I'm so familiar with the dual arenas because I was actually staking that back in 2015 when you first discovered me. And I would do all of this between my uh school so i it was very on and off my content creation throughout the years mm -hmm. and then i just kind of went full swing when i hit my second year of college that's so cool i just love hearing the beginning stories of people getting into content creation because it just is so relatable to me now everyone has their own little path of how they kind of got into it but i find it really cool because i don't really talk to content creators that don't like what they're doing most of them are just <laughs> absolutely just they understand how lucky they are and the great opportunity yeah. they have. So definitely, man, I'm honestly one of the luckiest people in the world. And, uh, I'm very grateful to people that have followed me for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the majority of people, when they hear Kemp Q, they think anti-scam and, uh, yeah. just dual arena, you know, the dark sides of it and all that stuff. So, I actually have a question for you, which is pretty broad, but what are the pros and the cons now of the dual arena having left the game completely? Sure. Uh, well, I suppose I'll, I'll speak to that context a little bit. So the reason why people associate me with anti-scam is because uh, the dual arena was a very nefarious place where there was a lot of toxicity. And what I did to combat that, because Jagex would not, was try to see if I could anti-scam the scammers. And I did that successfully for a while. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to continue that. I wasn't able to continually anti-scam them. It was only uh, you know, a few times here and there, a very inconsistent process. Um, but I, I did make two videos on that, and those are my most popular videos. Um, then I was exposing the Duel Arena for all the flaws that it had because I had a lot of experience with the dual arena myself having been a staker at one point and i thought it was just a very toxic place and because i'm so passionate about runescape i thought it had no place in the game 
so I exposed all of like the kind of underground community that, you know, they do all these types of felonies. Uh, they, they blackmail, they DDoS, they send death threats. And what I did was I made a video about it and then they threatened me, uh, like send threatened to send a hitman to my house or whatever, Jesus which Christ. I, I don't take those seriously anymore. At the time I took that threat very seriously and I was very anxious about it. Um, but I decided to turn that anxiety into a funny uh, parody video about what they were doing. Uh, just basically making fun of them for saying they were going to kill me and they were also going to bust out my knees, which if you're going to kill me, there's no point in, <laughs> in capping out my knees with a baseball bat. You know, it's like, so don't say you're going to kill me and then like downgrade the threat. So just making jokes at them, poking fun. Um, and that was really the video that that really took off for my channel and allowed me to become full-time content creation. So at the beginning, when I first got those threats, I was so nervous, anxious, just scared. Yeah. And then like after a little while, I realized those threats were empty because the guys that were making them, they're just, you know, the people that stay in their basement all day, they're never going outside, <laughs> you know, like yeah. they're never going to see the sunlight ever again. And um, I'm not I'm not scared at all. And I'm also grateful to them. I'm grateful that they gave me that opportunity to convert the anxiety that I had been feeling into something good because I was trying to raise money for charity. And uh, a lot of the success that I have with my channel, trying to convert that into uh, basically try to fun fundraise for charitable causes. Uh, so I'm able to convert their bad energy into good energy and that's what I pride myself on on the on the channel now. That's um, so cool. Now, for your question <laughs> about uh, the the pros and cons of the change with the Duel Arena. So the Duel Arena as it was, was super easy to target all of the bad things, all the bad actors that were happening because JGX could go in, spend a little time identifying who were the culprits, who were the people guilty of committing scams, and you know, saying racial slurs or um, you know, threatening hacking or what have you. It was a centralized location where basically all of the gambling throughout all of RuneScape was happening. Now, with the 10 million GP cap on all stakes, that is a nerf of the Duel Arena, and it's no longer worth it for all those bad actors to spend time at the Duel Arena. So what happened was the gambling has dispersed all across of Rune, all across RuneScape. It's gone to the Grand Exchange, Camelot, uh, Lumbridge, Castle Wars, and then there's tons of like gambling bots everywhere too. Uh, but the probably the most money that is gambled is through death matches now. Now that, in my opinion, is not as big of a problem as what the Duel Arena was offering before. The Duel Arena and its former state was really, really bad, really, really toxic. Uh, gambling addictions were very easy to start because Jagex were providing the platform that allowed kind of like a trusted middleman. They were the trusted middleman of these of this gambling. Yep. But now, if you want to gamble in RuneScape by doing these death matches, it's extremely mechanically complex. And you have to know what you're doing. So only... Only people that like 
it's so inaccessible. Only people that really think they know what they're doing, even if they don't, you know, you have to be very confident to know that it's going to be like 50%, 50-50 odds. Mm-hmm. So it's inaccessible, honestly. There's a huge obstacle to trust the person you're fighting or trust a middleman. And trusting people is simply not what people do. If you know, if you've watched my most recent video, it's called The Evolution of Gambling and RuneScape. Yep. Um, scamming is happening all the time. So people are disillusioned with the idea of death matches. So although gambling still exists in RuneScape, uh, the negative effects that it brings to the game are on a must, much lesser scale. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I can see the convenience factor being the biggest thing. Just easily being able to go privately to the duel arena to go gamble. Yeah, It was just a lot easier than, like, I'm assuming, because I watched your video last night, and I assume a lot of it's third-party websites to get you know, permission or get ranks or get all this other shit and having to just trust people. Yeah, it's it's not happening. I mean, like, I used to gamble at the Duel Arena just for fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm never, I never have any interest in going on in death matches. I mean, it's just so inaccessible. The amount of trust you have to have for people. It's not happening, man. (laughs) It's not happening. Interesting. It's funny how they get rid of one thing of gambling you know you it just seems like oh this will be the end all be all like fix i don't think you ever thought that i don't think a lot of people ever thought that but there was this kind of idea that getting rid of the duel arena or severely nerfing it would just solve everything but yeah everyone i mean if it's just human nature to find a way to gamble i swear to god like they will find their way to gamble so well people are people really took to high risk the death matching scene after the duel arena nerf but it was mostly the people that were already hooked to gambling because of the Duel Arena. Mm. So these people, because the Duel Arena was so accessible, there were there was a large funnel of people that could do a stake and then want to do more stakes and then eventually get hooked to gambling. That funnel was massive. You know, there's one person that I interviewed. Um, he has like 700,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's 14 years old. And I think, his, yeah, his name is Noah. And he had played RuneScape for like a few months and then already knew about the Duel Arena a few months after he started. And then he got a gambling addiction from that. Oh, God. And he still has this gambling addiction. And what the Duel Arena offered was just gambling addictions left and right. Thousands of people got gambling addictions, maybe tens of thousands, uh, over the course of the last 10 years that the Duel Arena existed in that form. So now that... You know, now that the duel ring is gone, all those gambling addicts have switched to other activities such as deathmatching, sure. But because deathmatching is so inaccessible, there's such a barrier to entry, the the likelihood that more and more more and more people will funnel into gambling addictions via RuneScape is much, much lower. It's like basically zero now compared to what it was. True. That is a good point. You're right, because the people that gamble now probably had their fair share of the Duel Arena experience. Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming you watch Twitch. Uh, I th- you, Let me ask you this. Do you watch YouTube or Twitch more? Oh, that's a hard one, man. Uh, I think Twitch 
I, I watch okay. a lot of Twitch. I I used to watch like eight hours a day back in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just have it on in the background. Um yeah. Okay, interesting. Because usually when a person's more into making YouTube videos, they tend to watch more YouTube. At least that was with like solo mission. Uh I <laughs> that's like the I just bring up one example and just assume that's everybody, but that's no that's true that yeah. is true i because i i'm friends with a lot of other youtubers and they say they don't watch a lot of twitch mm-hmm. um i'm probably one of the only people that that watch you know i'm I'm one of the creators that does watch a lot of twitch just based on who i've asked so i think you have a point there um i'm not sure why that is but i do enjoy youtube videos it's just that i have such a i'm so accustomed to having like the highest tier of youtube quality like yeah i don't know i my standards are very strange like i just enjoy watching people that i enjoy their personalities you know like um i'll watch a bodhi video any day i would still watch a chris archie video if he made videos yeah um and i i I love solo mission i love framed i love torvesta um i love the engineer you know so I, i watch all their videos however I still I watch more Twitch. You yeah, know, I watch all these YouTubers, but I watch a lot more Twitch. Okay, the reason I kind of bring it up uh, is, what do you think about? And this is not really my area of expertise, and I honestly don't care that much because it's, it's, I'm just not it. I'm not affected by it. But what do you think about gambling on Twitch? About people, um, I've noticed, for example, just to bring up a clear example, XQC now gets sponsored by gambling streams. So now he's does got... He, does he really? Yeah, so now he has 75,000 kids <laughs> watching him gamble thousands and thousands of dollars on the stream. So I just wonder, because you've been you know, clearly in the realm of seeing gaming and gambling and stuff like that, is it... A, do you have any thoughts on people like just basically promoting gambling on a uh, video game platform. So when a sponsor sponsors you, they pay you a significant amount of money for you to advertise their product or their service to your audience, to your audience. Remember that. And if they're paying you money, that means that they are confident. They have to be very confident that they're going to get a high, a much higher margin uh, of money back into their business from investing in your sponsorship. Mm-hmm. So if XQC is getting $2 million a month from a gambling sponsorship, which is not unrealistic, it's probably even more than that. I'm not sure how many gambling streams he's doing. I don't know the terms of the contract. Uh, but I do know that however much he is getting, if that contract is renewed, then that means that he did a great job for that sponsor. And what that means is he did a great job converting people, his audience, into going to go gamble and spend more money on the gambling website and lose that money than what he was paid to sponsor, to get sponsored. So what he is doing is he is finding a way to convert his viewers' money into his own money and consequently by a byproduct of gambling is that many of those people will get hooked onto gambling. They will get addicted. So I have covered this topic before. I talked about how train wrecks, uh, well, first of all, the video that I made was discussing how 
many influencers abuse their power, abuse their influence in order to earn more money um, and exploit their audience and, and just do anything they can to exploit their audience to make more money. I mentioned like Return of Wilderness. I mentioned like a staking streamer that was, you know, hosting these giveaways, but was really just not the nicest character in the world. Um, he was clearly in it for himself. And then after, at the end of the video, I talked about someone who's not a runescaper. I talked about Trainwreck. And Trainwreck was doing these gambling streams and clearly profiting a lot of money. Um, and that is a concern for me. I, I don't like that. I think it's immoral. And he can say all he wants that he doesn't want his audience to gamble. That's what he's saying. But if you look at his actions, it's very clear that he is taking a payout knowing full well that his audience is about to go gamble and he's pocketing that money. That's essentially what's happening. Um, and so I made a full video about that. And so that's my opinion on it is that it's not a good thing to do. It's bad for the world. It's bad for all of their audience. If you care about your audience, you don't take a gambling sponsorship. That's my perspective. So do the people that start taking these contracts, do they themselves get addicted, you think? Like, do you think Trainwrecks oh. got addicted? Oh, yeah. Trainwrecks is definitely addicted to gambling. Because 100%. of that? Or was it, like, something prior? Do you think it's, like, I directly think, because he... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the history, but I would imagine that he got hooked to gambling and then he started streaming it and or, or doing something. Yeah. And then he got sponsored by, um, by Stake. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm very confident, by the way, that Stake was started by a RuneScape Duel Arena scammer. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Did, what didn't a friend get sponsored by Stake.com? I feel yeah, like that yeah, was the did. first time I heard about it. I mean, exactly because I only exactly. follow RuneScape mainly. But like, was it around before then for a while, or was that kind of like the inception? I'm of pretty sure that's when it started. Yeah. Wow. There. There are a lot of crazy origins of of events like that or or websites or just crazy things in crypto in the crypto space as well that all originated from RuneScape. Um, I can speak more to that. Like for example, some of the top streamers in in real life on on Twitch, some of the top streamers on Twitch started from RuneScape. Ice Poseidon, Austin Show. Yep. Um, it's pretty crazy how RuneScape has so many ties to huge huge things that are occurring now yeah. i mean stake is one of them but there, there's so many things that runescape has ties to it's it's pretty crazy that's so fucking nuts it's nuts the amount that these streamers are making because then you just know how much <laughs> the actual company is making from this like that oh my god yeah i mean gambling's fucked up it really is i don't i've never met a gambler that's like an active gambler that's not just like a shady person <laughs> i don't know i just feel like they're always i feel like inevitably if you're a gambler you eventually just start lying and you start rationalizing your gambling and because like, i've seen it in person i mean yeah like i've known of people that it's just completely destroyed their lives and it continues yeah, to destroy them. It's not like it just destroyed it and it's over. It's like, no, it's like it actively keeps going. It's a horrible addiction. Yeah, I've heard the same when I was a kid before any of this. 
uh, my dad told me a story about how there was this woman that would go burn parts of her house to get to basically sit, call up the insurance company and say, hey, there was a fire in my house. This was uh, a mistake and I need money in order to repair the damage. Jesus and so she would get that money. Then she would drive down to Las Vegas and go gamble at the casinos. She would go back and then she would burn more of her house down after losing all that money, uh, get more money from the insurance company, go back, and then she was eventually caught. Uh, this is the story as I remember it. I yeah. could be getting something wrong, but that's what my dad told me. That was one of my first experiences of understanding how crippled you can become and how possessed you can become by this demon, you know, this this gambling addiction demon that exists in people's heads. And I agree with you that it really does change the mind. It corrupts the soul. And what happens is your brain chemistry literally changes. I mean, your neural networks are trained a certain way to follow your patterns, depending on what you act out throughout your life. And if you act out these superficial, shallow pleasures of trying to get a high from the suspense and the, the dopamine of doing a gamble, then your brain will get accustomed to getting that short-term gratification and you won't pursue something that's meaningful. You won't pursue the long-term meaningfulness that you're supposed to throughout your life. And that changes you, that changes you on like a fundamental level. So you said that gamblers become like liars, become shady. It's because they, they know from like a intrinsic, like ancestral, I don't know, it's a, it's just on a deep level mm -hmm. within them that they're not pursuing something meaningful and that they are possessed by just this really, really toxic, horrible thing that makes them act out in bad ways. Do you think Jagex has done their part or is there more to is there more to do? Like should they go out of the way to stop the uh other kind of like unofficial gambling, those little uh death matches and stuff? Do you think they've done their part? Already? I think Jagex didn't go about it the right I think they could have consulted with people that knew more about the duel arena to basically um, you know do, come up with a different solution than the 10 mil nerf mm -hmm. however i'm not sure you know i have given it some thought and i thought maybe okay maybe if you just give the dual arena stakers you require them to do last man standing gear and so basically like they have to try bridge fight against each other and if they just go up and staff bash each other for 50-50 odds or, you know, whip each other, whatever, then it's still going to be very susceptible to scamming. Like, people could pull out their dragon dagger at the last second, and it wouldn't be a streamlined process. Um, what could make it streamlined is if you have, like, middlemen and ranks and stuff that would do these stakes for you, and then you just gamble on one person that's in the fight. Now, that's the downside of that option is to, you know, because it, it would still be very highly streamlined and people with gambling addictions would still use the dual arena. So that was a idea that I had initially, but maybe the 10 mil cap is actually the best way about it. 
Um, in terms of if I think Jagex did their part, I do think they, they did. Um, and I think they did a good job. I don't think that they should try, like they should have no impact on if people are doing death matches. I mean, it's just PKing at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the funnel, like the obstacle to gamble now is so high. It's so, the barrier to entry is so difficult to get through to gamble that I think it's not even worth Jagex's time because if you're going in a gamble knowing all of the the bad things that could happen, which there are like thousands that I listed in my video, <laughs> like you could get hit by a mage rusher. What you know? Yeah. West Ham just made three billion GP from from rushing these death matchers. Um, you could get scammed. You could uh, forget to use an angler before you do the fight. You could forget to wear Barrow's gloves in your fight, and like there's just so many barriers that Jagex really does not need to pay attention to those kind of private death matches that occur without any, you know. Um, negative aspects. Now, there are negative aspects that they do need to focus on. For example, I talked about a player moderator is going and deliberately reporting and uh, muting all of the gambling bots that are advertising other middleman clan chats, but not the middleman clan chat that they're being paid by to not, <laughs> to not report. So they need to prob probably take action on that. And something my source has told me is that these clan chats are getting banned frequently on a frequent basis. Mm. Um, and so, you know, what that entails is that these people that are getting banned on their accounts will have to buy new accounts. They'll have to re-rank everyone in the clan chat. And it is a big hassle for them to, you know, buy these new accounts and get resituated in order to do these this middlemanning process. Um, so Jagex, I'm pretty sure, are taking action in terms of moderation. And I think that's a great thing um, to combat the things that are actually really bad. But if you and your friend want to go do death matches, why would I care? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. I do not care. So I don't think Jagex should punish that whatsoever. And they can't. It'd be impossible to regulate that. Yeah. Okay. I want to make a little shift from the duel arena to pvp and your thoughts on the state of pvp now what you personally think could help revive potentially the wilderness or pvp pking additions like that i want i personally love to hear this stuff and i'm going to be getting peer spam on very soon on the cast to, nice to hear about his thoughts because i swear anybody that's involved in pvp in some way has a different view has a different vision of what they want the wilderness or what they want pk to be in the future so what are your thoughts on that do you have any specifics that you would really love to see come into the game to help out well i'll definitely be watching that cast with pure spam very sexy man <laughs> um yes I, d I do have opinions on pvp i don't know if i said this before in the podcast but like i love pvp it's one of my primary motivators and for RuneScape, I, I'm very passionate about it. Um, and so when it comes to like reviving the wilderness and PVP in RuneScape, first of all, I'll give some context. So back in 2006, 2007, PVP was super active. Like it was one of the staples of the game, you know, very iconic. You would see tons of, you know, the, the most popular YouTube videos back in those days of RuneScape were about PVP. 
as far as my understanding goes. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's the case. I agree. Um, and so people people loved it. And then it was removed from the game. You know, Bounty Hunter was added. It just kind of got messed up. It got like tangled up and just the community slowly fell apart over the years with stuff like the removal of PvP in the wilderness. Uh, Bounty Creators wasn't as thrilling, wasn't as interactive, wasn't as fun. And then obviously like evolution of combat, uh, just and, and lack of content focused on the wilderness is, is probably what happened also throughout 2008 to 2013. Now, in old school RuneScape, the same thing has persisted from 2013 to, you know, basically now. Uh, much more focus has been placed on skilling, PBM, Slayer updates. And that's all good and fine. People appreciate those updates. But the PvP community did not get the love, did not get the same attention. And even though their community was pretty strong in the beginning, the PvP community was very, very strong in the beginning. You know, I'm not sure the percentage of players that did PvP, but it was relatively high much higher than it is these days. These days, the number that's thrown out there, I think by Jagex themselves, is about 5% of the RuneScape player base engages with PvP in some form. Now, back when Old School first started, I bet you it was triple, quadruple, you know, maybe quintuple times that. Um, the problem now is because we haven't had updates, there is no point in doing PvP, especially as the focus of players has been more on efficiency scape, you know, doing things quickly. People have entered into their adult lives. I'm 26 now. I have to focus on, uh, you know, what is good for me and my goals. And if I want to get 99 strength quickly, I have to map out the fastest way to do that because I'm also very busy in my real life. So I want to, you know, make really good progress. I'm not just going to bank stand at the Grand Exchange all day talking to people. I got to get this done quickly. And uh, because of that, because people are older and they're smarter with the game, they know that PvP is just not the way to earn money. I mean, look at Theater of Blood. When it came out, it was like, you know, in the first week, it was like probably 50, 100 million hours. <laughs> yeah, it had to have been. <laughs> and then for like uh, two years after that, it was 10 million GP per hour. 10 million GP per hour, which is incredible. And, and it stayed like that for a very long time. It's less than that now. It's about, I think, 7 mil per hour. Um, but it's still much, much better than any option you have in the wilderness. And unless you're like literally top 1% PKer. Um, so, yeah, it's just there's nothing to go to the wilderness for. And that's what really needs to be focused on is why are people going to go hunt players in the wilderness if there are no players that have any valuables on them? Um, so the meta is to do PVM. <laughs> um, there's nothing rewarding about PVP. So what really needs to shift is making activities within a PVP frame, so such as in the wilderness, that are part of the average RuneScape player's journey. So if you're trying to get a, let's just say maxed combat account, you want 99 in all your combat stats only, and maybe some higher Slayer or something. 
the goal of that would be to make at least a little chapter of that story of your entire RuneScape adventure have some kind of ties into the wilderness beyond just getting the Magic Arena 2 cape. You know, that's basically the only thing that you do in the wilderness these days if you're, you know, or maybe clue scrolls. But, you know, once again, there's no... The meta is to not do clue scrolls if you're if you're <laughs> wanting to profit. They don't make as much money as doing, like, maybe just gargoyles, you know, AFK gargoyles. You make more money per hour than trying to get third age. With collection um, log, though, clues are now a collection huge log, deal. Yes, yeah. that's true. That's true. Although I doubt that many people are focused on that. I think you're right. The average person, I think maybe 70% of the player base, they don't have time to focus on fulfilling their collection log. Um, I think that number is, I think the number that of people that do care about their collection log is growing up as you know, you have more focus on it recently, you know, Bodhi's talking about it more and bringing attention to the collection log. Lots of people don't, know about it at the start or they don't really care about it at the start yeah. but um you know with more marketing of of that kind of content from Bodhi, for example um then and you know twitch streamers as well they do collection log content but anyhow the uh basically the profitability of the wilderness is about a third of what it is in safe zones such as theater of blood and there's also no like variety in the skill level so doing wilderness bosses, what you're basically forced to do is get them in a safe spot. So all you have to do is click them and that's it. And it's just so boring. <laughs> like, of course you still have to focus on the mini map and stuff, but there are so many dimensions that the wilderness is lacking compared to uh, safe zone content, the high end safe zone content. So what JGX needs to do is create those dimensions within the wilderness, create a skill dimension make bosses mechanically more difficult, and then also make them more rewarding based on their difficulty, based on the wilderness level that they're in, because that's more danger, and also based on what kind of gear you need to attack that, to successfully kill that uh, PVM boss or what, whatever. So let me ask real quick, with these bosses, if they were to make some reworks that actually give them actual mechanics <laughs> uh yeah. do you think it's important for them to be in singles or is it okay for them to be in multi i want to hear your thoughts you could have a variety and uh i think there needs to be room for multi-clans in runescape 100 percent. multi is a very fascinating aspect of the game and to just cast that away to say that everything should be singles is wrong um the problem that we're facing now is that we don't really have any multi hotspots. And so if you want to go PKing with your friends, mm -hmm. it's not feasible because everywhere is a single plus zone, which I'm actually in support of that update. I think it's great for, you know, Tom to go just by himself into the wilderness, explore, and he won't get, you know, clawed out by five max mains that just keep jumping him, you know, like continually attacking him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I'm think, glad. I think, uh, because Iron Man is in the game, if there were to be uniques rather than just gold, cause I've heard the argument, you know, as long as the wilderness just gives great GP per hour and not necessarily unique items that would benefit you in skilling or in PVM, then it's fine. But 
if you're having like let's just say there's a boss in level 40 or 50 wilderness that's multi is that going to be impossible to face alone and you almost need a team like would that be the idea because i don't see a problem with requiring a team-based boss mm-hmm. would it give a unique though would it be like something that's just off limits because you i just have to understand and it's not necessarily i, I don't really care that much if there's some items that you just can't really get feasibly Here's my yeah, perspective on the kinds of rewards that should be available in the wilderness. Excuse me, sorry. You're good. Uh, you can't put more stuff that are like untradeable that are the best in slot items in the game. Well, so first of all, you have a lot of pets in the wilderness right now, which is very irksome to pet hunters and you know all kinds of people that they just don't want to be forced to enter the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I do think that that kind of community is overestimated. I think there are a lot of people that are like, I think most people are like, okay, if you want that item, you have to go face the dangers of the wilderness and get it. Yep. And they accept that. They're like, oh yeah, obviously I'm not going to cry about it. You know, I'm not going to cry about getting PK'd or whatever. Um, so I do think like maybe it's 20% of people that are opposed to pets in the wilderness or the best in slot items are in the wilderness. Maybe, maybe it's 30%, maybe it's 40 I, don't, I really don't know, but I don't think it's the majority is my point. I think the majority of people accept that there are risks and you should accept those risks if you want those rewards. Now, however, I think to appease those people, like I'm not just going to exclude them from the analysis. We have to include their perspective because they are also players of the game. So in order to appease those people and co- cooperate with them, we have to come up with a list of rewards with the specifications that fulfill both of our desires. So my desire as a avid PVP fan and wilderness fan is to make the wilderness very lucrative for people. Okay, that's that's basically my objective. Mm-hmm. Their objective is to make it so that the best in slot items and the items that they really need for the entirety of their account going forward do not come from the wilderness. And so my our solution, if we combine those two requirements, is to make it so that the wilderness is lucrative, sure, and it offers some good items that have these kind of fill gaps within the you know combat gear space. They f- fill gaps, um, but they aren't the best in slot items. They aren't like you know, the Berserker Ring, or they aren't Torva, or they aren't Armadil. They are, they fit in gaps just below those items, and they're never best in slot. Okay. And also, I I should say, if I'm going to be vying for my side a little bit more, uh, those kind of, those rewards from the wilderness, they need to be consistent. They need to be granted through consistent drops. So, for example, monsters dropping shards that you can assemble into these great items that have utility. Um, so that means that whenever someone is hunting these monsters in the wilderness, they are accumulating all of these shards over time, and those shards have wealth. Uh, that, you know, they're valuable. Mm-hmm. So they're um, tradable. They're tradable, yeah. And that means that someone can come along at any time and take all of them from you but at the same time it's not like you're 
just hunting this super rare item because you know you could go to the wilderness and hunt these bosses with just a rune crossbow and black dehyde risking 20k mm -hmm. now that is not how the wilderness is supposed to be you should be risking if you're trying to get really good money per hour and uh you are only risking 20k that's a problem you should be risking more and you should be able to accumulate loot over time and always ask yourself should i leave now with the loot that i've acquired or should i stay here make more money and make my trip more worthwhile because it takes a long time to travel to this location um and and ultimately make more money per hour because i've chosen to stay while identifying the risk of getting hit and losing all of that money uh so i know that was a long yeah. <laughs> tangent but so yeah, I just ahead. want I want to bring up the fact that I think it's a great idea that nothing's best in slot. I think that's fantastic. I also think there's still a reason to go out there. Um, and I'm assuming it'll probably give a lot of gold per hour as well. So if I'm assuming like if, for example, Armadale, you could go to Armadale and get, you know, 10 Runite bolts as your drop for the Kree kill, but then you get like the awesome unique here i'm assuming it's more consistent money per hour of course you're getting those shards every single kill but on top of that i'm assuming other loot as well so it's just this constant kind of right. money making as well as almost best in slot armor i like that i like the fact that you're not forced to go out there but it is an option and you would make great money and it would be still great armor just not best i like that yeah and it could be armor it could be weapons, weapons. it could be so I these are my thoughts like real quickly and I don't really think about this so just to preface a lot of people already know this I I have fully completed the wilderness on my Iron Man like I've just gotten every single possible unique all pads eternal glory yeah it was it was I, oh, damn. it was fun I mean I also got very spoon fed on the pets every single pet I got lucky on out in the wilderness so that obviously helped oh, <laughs> time wise dude you got the pets wow yeah so I got nice. every single thing out there but my rev log, however, doesn't show that, although it is completed in my bank. Uh, it's just not in the log because it was all before. Nah, but if you haven't completed it, it looks like it's going back. <laughs> yeah. So eventually I do got to go back. God damn it. But um, sometimes I think uh, it, it's because, honestly, all of this stems because there are Iron Man game modes. And I have actually been one to say that Iron Man mode was in some ways a detriment to the game because it has actually just actively divided PvP further and further and further because there is zero incentive for an Iron Man to fight back. I mean, there's a tiny little percentage, I guess, which is basically just to have them do less DPS to you, but there's no real reason for you to kill them besides, of course, if you're planning on being a PK build and then you're getting your main to get the loot key and everything like that. But for the most part, when an Iron Man's out there just trying to get their stuff for their Iron Man, there's no incentive to fight back. And there's really, it's just a lose-lose situation where for the PK or they're totally geared, totally ready to fight, and they profit off of you. And um, I think they're making a change. I don't know if it's already been made. I th Maybe it already has been made, actually. Yes, it has. I haven't been out in the wilderness in forever. So, but apparently nowadays, if an Iron Man kills you, don't you still get the loot key, but you can just destroy it now? Is that how it works? Yes. Okay. And also, you can be killed by your regular account and then get loot, that loot key. Loot the key. Yeah. Okay. 
So there is. So, I'm glad they've done that, by the way. But yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's great. So I'm going to take a step back from your level of analysis there, mm -hmm. and in regards to Iron Man and how maybe they cause a more divide in like the PvP community. I actually, I really separate Iron Man and PvP in my mind because it's not my focus. My focus, and like if I were to work at Jagex, as I pitch ideas to Jagex, which I do frequently, especially about PvP, my focus is trying to uh, get all that huge marketing potential that exists to promote the game via PvP, such as Torvesta, such as Framed, you know, you have tons and tons of uh, people that are watching PK videos, PvP videos that love that aspect of the game, but it's bare. It's like there's a huge barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you they just can't get into PvP because it's so there's such like a where large gap. Yeah, it, yeah. Where do you start? It's so difficult to get into, and some people may say. Well, there's Last Man Standing, which you can do for free. And it's very easy to engage with that and learn how to PK from there. I fully disagree because that is the most, that is the high, it literally is the highest level of PKing in the entire game. And you're saying that that's a good way to practice. Like I, I, I have a list written. Let me find this of all the things that you need to like focus on when you're in Last Man Standing. Um, at least you don't have to focus on prayer. It's the one good oh, thing. Oh, like drinking for super restores? <laughs> just like, just you have unlimited prayer, which in, in a real situation, getting smited is a real thing. But in LMS, it's like, eh, I got unlimited prayer. You only have to restore when you just drink a brew. But yeah. Right, right. No, but you're, you're totally um, right. It is. So here's what I wrote okay. in a post to Jagex before. Um, so there are, there are no stepping stones in PvP, while PvM does have stepping stones. Um, look at the skill guide, for example. You can see the next kind of Slayer monster you can attack. You can see uh, like what skills, what, what unlocks you'll get with your skill guides. Mm -hmm. But with PvP, what are the stepping stones? What are the ways that you learn how to progress? Um, so LMS and the future PvP arena, as it's proposed, are tailored for the highest level of gameplay. Players are thrown into a fight where they must balance food, potions, three choices of combat style, three protection prayers, three offensive prayers, freezes, special attacks, DDing, loot chests, fog, and armor swapping. And since most of them don't know how important it is to tweak their HUD, like their, yeah, their small yeah. game screen, how to use F keys, and so on, they are dead before they learn a single thing. And people play games to have fun, that's not fun. Like when the wall ahead of you is just impossible to get over, it's insurmountable. Yeah. You can't focus on all those things at once and you need to learn slowly. Um, so PVP has never had that. However, it shows such potential that people are still amazing at it. And there, there's a, for the community that we have, it's extremely promising that people are so interested in PVP because none of them had any good stepping stones that are taught to them by Jagex. Um, you know, if we had a kind of PK NPC, basically something that uh, did an animation to show that it was changing its weapon on you, so you could have a few seconds to change your protection prayer. If 
uh, it also changed its protection prayer on you. So you had to switch weapons. And if you made different tiers of these PK NPCs, making them more reactive, making them faster to you, making them use three combat styles instead of two combat styles, you have so much flexibility with how you can make these PK NPCs, and it would also be extremely easy for them. Most of the code already exists through demonic gorillas, except for demonic gorillas, they don't show you that they're switching their weapons. I mean, you can kind of tell that they're not meleeing you sometimes, but it's not as it should be if you're trying to learn PKing. Yeah. Um, so that would be a stepping stone to allow players that, you know, all these players that are interested in PKing, that watch Torvesta, that watch Framed, that would love to engage with that content if they had a stepping stone in order to get to that higher level of gameplay. Maud Elena, I had her on the cast, and she was also talking about this idea of hers. And it sounds kind of like what you have in mind as well, is this idea of fighting an NPC that acts like a PKer, and it just progresses in difficulty. So you have these stepping stones of like the first thing you're focusing on is using your own protection prayers against it, and then you just build upon that. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. Because I forget yeah. how many hours I've put into this goddamn game. And uh, I just think, like, I'm like, oh, PKing's not that hard. PvP ain't that hard. I've done some LMS. I've... But then you really think, okay, let me take a step back and think of somebody that's only played this game for, like, 100 hours. I mean, it is there is so much going on with PvP. I have no idea. Even the tick system alone. I mean, I don't even know yeah. how many thousands of hours I played until I fully understood what the tick system is. Like yeah exactly there's a lot going on you're right i probably played ten thousand hours before i knew how to tick um what's it called one tick flick yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um which i learned through pking by the way i learned how to one tick flick in the beta version of last man standing yeah the the prayer flicking simulator where you had had 10 prayers starting in with a staff or whatever yeah (laughs) those were the days man those were the days I'm not going to lie, Spark Mac, I was very impressed. I mean, Spark Mac's a skilled player. I'm actually impressed. He, I know he, he, was, he like he like fucks around a lot, but he actually has some raw talent. He was talented at LMS. He dominated. He definitely like he was really good. Yeah. Like super good at that kind of LMS and oh, yeah. had just the strategy he used as well in order to know how to spend his points. He, like he impressed me a lot. He he's very very good at that. Yeah. He's really good at the game. And I think then, he was he was better than me, way way better than I was in those days. Yeah, Bodie was pretty good as well. I'm. Who do you think? I mean, I didn't really watch that much, but who do you think was better, Sparkman or Bodie? Because I remember watching both of them do those. Dude, Bodie was just the king of LMS back yeah. in those days. Like, yeah, he was getting. I don't know his win rate, but it was freaking crazy. His win rate. He's just got everything. Uh, he's got the strategy. He's got the clicks. He's got the knowledge of how to one tick flick and all that stuff. The smiling. Oh man, you're forgetting the most important part is the commentary. Like oh he, yeah, the entertainment he as does well. He does something that people can't do, man. Nobody else can do it like him. He has the this the talent for RuneScape. He's very intelligent with the game, but he's also providing like incredibly in depth, like fun commentary while he's doing it yep which if anybody could do that then they would and they would become runescape content creators and get to his status but they can't 
Like yeah. he's the only person in the world <laughs> that is does it to the level that he does. And he's having a good time while he's doing it, which is even more impressive. Yeah, he's great. All right. I want to talk to you about the PvP arena. It's been through a revision or two, potentially. I think all the rewards like failed the first time through. So what are your thoughts right. on PvP arena? I again I'm not a PvPer. I do try to keep up to date, but I am not as informed as I would like to be. So what what are your thoughts on the PvP arena? And that that is replacing completely the dual arena, right? The dual arena will be gone. Is that my understanding? Is that correct? Yeah, I, as I understand it, it's gonna replace it both both mechanically and like physically within the game. You know okay. that all those arenas are gonna be gone. Um, and they'll be replaced by whatever kind of venue <laughs> will be used for the PvP arena. My opinion on the PvP arena is that it is taking a lot of dev time away from actual like things that could bring in those, you know, Torvesta and framed viewers into PvP to basically try to get them to do the highest level of gameplay again. It, there's no stepping stones into pvp still mm -hmm. so it's kind of missing that desperately needed aspect of introducing players to pvp because you know once again it's extremely extremely difficult to do you know three style tribriding um so however it, it is a good solution uh to the dual arena i think that having these kind of player run events where players can host their own tournaments and competitions to engage in this uh, the highest level of PvP. That's a very cool thing that I would love to see. I just don't agree with the order in which they're doing things. I still think they can focus a lot on, uh, on making it just more intuitive and helping players learn how to get into PvP at first. Um, but regardless, they need to come up with a replacement for the dual arena, so this is a, a good way to replace it. Now, in terms of the rewards, the rewards are... I, I tried to help develop them um, and like give my suggestions. They were not well-received initially. Like The community just voted no, essentially, uh, to a lot of them. Now, this can be chalked up to spite voting although that's not entirely it because as you said before lots of pvpers have a different vision for what pvp should be yep and that manifests in what kind of gear we have access to so a lot of people didn't like the a lot of pvpers didn't like those rewards however we did see that the imbue uh, the ability to imbue like rings and stuff with from the pvp arena rewards that was clearly spy voting. So like even that kind of thing, which obviously should be in the game, obviously players should be able to do the PVP arena and then unlock ring imbues, which has yeah. no impact on like, you know, a regular player. <laughs> it devalues um, Nightmare Zone. Come on, man. <laughs> right. It's just ridiculous to vote no to that. Yeah. And so that is clearly spite voting. So we can still see that the spite voting community is very, very strong in RuneScape. Um, however, you know, frankly, those things would have passed due to the filter that JGX applied to the people that could vote on that poll. The the armors and the, and like the well, the ring abuse still should have passed, um, in my opinion. 
I don't know what I'm saying right now, but <laughs> but basically, uh, I hope that that will. I think it's still considered as one of the things that they're going to implement anyway. They're just mm-hmm. not going to look at those poll results, and they're going to add it anyway because it was very clearly spite voting. So you liked what the rewards were proposed initially because you did have a say in it, and were you satisfied with that? Have you have you changed your mind at all if that was the case? And yeah, I yeah. So it, it's all a balance of you have to balance all these different things. So you have to balance how good the armor is first mm-hmm. and foremost, but then you also have to balance how much risk those carry. Yep. So I was telling, I was proposing to Jagex, okay, this armor set, the Calamity armor set with the best version of the helms, that is going to be better than like a Carol Aram toxic staff set. Like you know, basically your average 60 mil setup that you use in max main wilderness. So what you need to do is make this, if it's going to be better than that, you need to make this a little bit more expensive as well. Mm -hmm. So I was proposing that if people want to use that highest level of calamity set, they should be risking 75 mil, you know, because it's, it's better than that, you know, 60 mil setup with, with carols, with armadillo crossbow, with arams or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was my approach to it is that they should make it very, very expensive if they're going to make it better than what currently exists in game. Yep. Interesting. So I'm, I have had this opinion for a little bit and again, it's not really well thought out, but I personally see the game differently now. Um, there's a lot of examples of people bringing up that the wilderness we need to bring back what the wilderness was in 2003 (laughs) like some like almost 20 years ago we like that was the golden age apparently and that was when it's the the same old examples of you know green dragons were out there and then they talk about the whole um what what do they call it the uh food chain or whatever where like you know a person wants the gold from the green dragons then somebody kills that and then the pker kills the pker and um i am scared for the future of the game because we are capped simply because when raids weapons come out and other things new items come out most of the time they're used in pvp and at what point are you just going to be able to i mean already you can just can't you just already ko somebody in one tick at like full anglered up of course it's very rare to happen but it could happen like you can that is going to progress over the years. I mean, think about the next five years. There's inevitably going to be weapons that are just fucking busted. So my idea is to kind of divide PvP and uh, the rest of the game somewhat. I'm not saying just completely make them two separate games. But I honestly think at this point, gear, like PvP arena, mini games like that, and just wilderness. My idea is that the wilderness and PvP arena, anything that's PvP related should be dropping PvP-related gear and weapons. And then the rest of the game kind of gives... Um, it, it it increases the ceiling, because if raids items just weren't able to be used in uh, PvP... I know there's going to be a lot of economic effects with this, as in, like, if you get a raids item, PvPers are not going to buy it because it's not going to be able to be used in PvP. But at the same time, you can come out with bigger, bigger monsters, bigger, better monsters that are just way better and uh, you're gonna have gear that can obviously correlate with those 
monsters instead of having to balance everything around a 99 HP player. Um, so my idea is to kind of create more division because um, not in a bad way, but just give people what, what they want. Like give PVPers want to PVP. They want to kill people. They want to like they don't want to quest and skill and PVM. They hate that stuff. And it goes the opposite. I, again, this is very black and white. Just there's no not much nuance to what I'm saying. There's obviously players that do both, but for the majority, I mean, a lot of people just don't want anything to do with PVP. And the fact that they have any they have any incentive to go out in the wilderness, they just start hating it, and then it just causes more hatred, I guess, for PVP. Yeah, yeah. So that division has taken place is manifested in a small way in some items in the game. So, for example. Full just assure set effect, which reduces, which does damage absorption. Mm-hmm. It does not work in PvP. Yeah. So that's the the only way, really, that Jagex have kind of introduced your idea of making certain things not work in PvP and and maybe PvP items not working in PVM. That's the only one that exists currently. Now, obviously, with the PvP arena rewards that, but they're proposing. They're trying to make those only work in PvP. Yeah. My issue with that is that their number one priority needs to be introducing PvP in the wilderness into the early stages of an average RuneScape player's journey. And how you do that is by making it extremely intuitive and accept well, RuneScape is not an intuitive game. You can't make anything about RuneScape intuitive, but <laughs> you can make it just as intuitive as PVM or you know yeah. upgrading to a rune scimitar or dragon scimitar. And if you're going to add a whole other class of different items that you can only use in PvP, mm-hmm. that is going to make a larger barrier to entry into PvP because people have to learn all these new items, all these new mechanics that they've never tested before in PvM. Mm-hmm. You can go test what an armadillo godsword does you know, you see Torvesta go PK with an AGS. You want to go do that? You can go test it on a Varrock Guard. You know, like, people don't understand how basic of an understanding these people have when they're just starting out and PKing. Like, it's such... They're so newbie. And everybody was there at one point. You know, the best players in the game were there at one point. Yep. And in order to nurture them into a healthy PvP pvp community we need the barrier to entry to be as low as possible we need their learning process to start early in the game mm-hmm. and um on that note a kind of somewhat a tangent to that is the wilderness slayer activity with back when emblems existed like back when bounty hunter emblems were dropped from wilderness slayer and then i think there was a little overlap between those emblems and Laron's keys. I'm not sure about that, but at one point, Wilderness Slayer was very lucrative for low-level accounts. Like, that was really good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Wilderness Slayer doesn't drop those items anymore, so it's not as profitable as it once was um, to go do Wilderness Slayer or for a PKer to go and hunt Wilderness Slayers. That concept of uh, making it so that Wilderness Slayer is like one of the best ways to make money early in the game that's like such a cool idea it's so it's so it 
it weaves in this whole passion for Slayer that people have while simultaneously combining it with the wilderness and the, the risks associated with that and the reward payoff. Um, so that would be one of the better options in addition to the PK NPC discussed before to introduce players into this, this world of risk and reward and make it part of their average RuneScape journey. So let me just bring up real quickly Wilderness Slayer. So I've obviously done a lot of Wilderness Slayer. It took me like 550 keys for my full Dagon High. And um, I had done a lot of Wilderness Slayer even before then, before there was Laren's keys introduced, just because it was fun to get points stacked up, you know, quickly. But yeah, there are some downsides to Wilderness Slayer. And I think the my biggest gripe with Wilderness Slayer is the Wilderness Slayer Cave, that new one. Um the entire place is multi, including the exits. I mean, even the exits lead into multi. And it became, like, for me, it was like, okay, how can I escape from here? Well, there is no escape. So the only thing you have to do is you got to, like, basically log out at any site of anybody. Just log or teleport, you know, just get the teleport off immediately when you see any white dot. And that ruined the fun. Like, that was honestly the worst thing ever because then it just becomes this anxiety fest where you're just staring at your mini-map and just waiting for somebody to log in. Because if you get attacked, there's no escape because every thing is multi. Like you're just, you're going to die. It is a 100% guarantee, basically. Except for one time, I had a crazy escape. I don't know how I did it. But for the most part, it's 100% you're going to die. And that is a problem, in my opinion. I, I offered a suggestion... To either make, first of all, the exits singles, so that as, as long as you can leave the cave, you're good. Or to make some of the hallways have some element of singles in it. So there's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what could really help that issue. They Also, PvP Arena originally was introducing this sort of potion that would thaw you. It was like a thaw yeah. potion or something. I offered some advice on something that could actually make that thaw potion useful and my idea was to only let it be used in multi so instead of it causing this problem with uh, you know a pk or fighting a pk and it's a 1v1 and singles plus these thaw potions would be used if you're in a multi situation and you're trying to escape and then you get these potions that would obviously be taking up your food with inventory space but you'd have a higher chance of evading them because you could just use these thaw potions and there wouldn't be a crazy cooldown either there could be some sort of cooldown or it could just be like one dose for the entire potion so if you wanted to unfreeze yourself multiple times you'd have to obviously bring like five or six um i thought that was a great idea because right now in multi when you're doing slayer alone it feels so unfair like so incredibly unfair the risk versus reward like the risk is a hundred percent you die and the reward is like negligible compared to the risk it's way too skewed in my opinion do you have any so thoughts other, on that other tasks are just way worth way worth doing compared to the ones in the wilderness slayer cave well the wilderness slayer cave did have those lms drops and they did have an increased of lauren's keys but like it just sucks when there's no escape it's like you get tele blocked well you're dead there there's no even trying to fight it there's four people on you it's just it's just over and that sucks when you just feel completely taken advantage of like there's nothing you can do basically so 
that was my main issue did you did you find yourself able to get into the like the pathways or did you just die instantly or were you able to like you could run, run a for bit. a little bit but it was like oh you'd get you know you get your five tick window of running and you're instantly frozen again and gotcha. then you're just you're just getting owned because it was guaranteed there's four people on you that's how people pk in there very very rarely there was only one or two people it was most of the time four people hopping and uh of course your cannon can be seen from like across the world map like so you can see if a cannon's rotating so people can see you before you ever see them so they're all planning there which is you know that's a tactic that's fair for the most part my issue was you just have to tell you every single time you see any dot it's just telly it's like that is so boring because there's no real escape mm. route it's like i feel like that needs yeah. to be looked at i i agree with you i think that there could be a better way to design the multi and single way zones mm -hmm. and it would take a lot of knowledge on how to balance that properly from a pk's perspective from a pvmer's perspective I would have to give more thought to it to propose any kind of good solution. You know, yeah. something resembling a good solution uh, would take me some time to think about. Uh, but I agree with you that that is boring that you just have to like watch the mini map and tell you out whenever you see someone. <laughs> yeah. There should be a way for you to actually engage in the content. For example, if you were to get attacked, that could be more fun as long as you knew it wasn't a hundred percent guaranteed of death yeah guaranteed chance like you could have some fun in the thrill of the escape if you know trying to escape yep. even if you die eventually you had hope yeah but when it's just like four people on you at once i agree that can be discouraging and you're you're much more likely to just teleport out anyway um you're much more likely like in the pkers they don't want you to think that you're 100% going to die yep. because that means that you are going to be looking at the minimap the entire time and telling out before they ever get to you. Exactly. So, And then that the, becomes the worst thing for them because then it just becomes more of a hop simulator. Exactly. They're just hopping the entire time because people are trained that they cannot survive if they don't pay attention to the minimap. Yeah. And so, so you're not really engaging with each other in that way. One of the ideas and there might be some downsides to this i can't think of any i would love to hear if you just have any on the top of your head but i'm not gonna lie that thaw potion i think is a great thing as long as it can only be used when you're in a multi area so of course the people that are ganging up on somebody's never gonna have a use for that but the person that has four people on them if you got some thaw potions on you you know, you can get frozen and pretend like you don't have any. All of a sudden, people are about to, like, come in with you at the AGS and you unfreeze and start running. And then they have to re-equip their mystics. There there could be more strategy through Thaw Potions as long as they're multi-only. Because I know there's drastic negative effects if it's in singles. It's just everywhere. Um, I think that's a great solution. I also think potentially... So, I want multi to thrive. I think multi-zones should thrive. I think there should actually be... I'm a... I'm, uh, advocate for potentially just bringing back multi-revs or an area of it that's more risky but more rewarding um, yeah. just so multi has their area because yeah i agree with you multi doesn't have really any place right now that, that has a great hot spot but that wildy slayer cave you're not doing slayer with a team i mean you're just it's a it's a solo activity so i really think that cave 
maybe like I love the fact that you can kill the monsters in multi but what if there was a way that you just maybe it's still singles and I know that's just promoting more singles PKing but damn four people versus one person that's in PVM gear is just so boring and so just annoying yeah that is annoying I, w I was thinking and like I said I don't have a solution but mm -hmm. um and I like that idea, for the record, of the Thaw potion only working in multi. I think the problem with that is that people, I don't know, there are a lot of unintuitive things in this game, and that is another one. It's like, hey, this thing, it unfreezes you, but also you can only use it in multi. Is there like a lore, is there a lore <laughs> reason behind that? Like, I would like to know if there's a lore reason. Behind, yeah. Like, why? You know? Mm -hmm. Um. So it's it's one thing that's not intuitive, um, but something that I was thinking about was that you could have the spots themselves where you kill the monsters in multi, but then the pathways are single or something. So if you do make it to the pathways, yeah, you can um, maybe escape. I think that would be great. Is like the room is multi, the hallways are singles. Um, it, that also becomes a pr somewhat of a problem. Although then there's strategy for both because then it's like, okay, the team of four, I'm just always bringing up a team of four, they have the potential to, okay, we got to get in there and hit hard and fast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Fast right now because they're only in multi for that little window. So there's strategy on both ends, and then it's also just a little bit more viable for the PVMer to escape. Because let's be honest, the PV the the PVMer in the Slayer Cave is never going to be fighting back. It's just pointless. It's like, ugh. Hmm. you're just sitting yeah, there with your Vigora's chain mace, just taking it. <laughs> just like, yeah, damn. I agree. And uh, Jigex, they often talk about how. Well, I'm not sure what they're. Basically, my impression is that they want to enable fighting back, like make it easier to fight back. Mm -hmm. But you're never going to fight back when you have a Vagora's chain mace on you, like or a exactly. crossbow. Exactly. Like, I mean, actually, with the crossbow, you can, but yeah, it's just it's not realistic mm -hmm. um, in most cases. Yeah. What if they did come out with like uh, you know they they kind of revisited the whole weapons pvp weapons that are good in pvp and in pvm in the wilderness so then it's like you have your crossbow that's actually good against fighting pkers like actually good not just decent like an msb but that could right. open up some and options but the, yeah. the they need a ko weapon like figura's chain mace needs to be able to spec 
yeah and hit like hit like as much as it does against bought uh, against uh revenants yeah <laughs> did you see torvesta's video of him using full torva with the uh rev boss that was sick thing he was hitting 92s with, a, with a four tick weapon oh my gosh dude like yeah that's really cool i like that a lot <laughs> yeah. that's just so dirty to just be smacking that hard um yeah so there is a lot of stuff with pvp and unfortunately people just have different views of it even i mean every single pvp or has a different view of what they want and it's just tough i think a lot of us agree that there needs to be more reason to do pvp i think we can all that's like common ground yeah and because it makes no it's like inverse of what should be true so safe zones have three times the profitability when it should be the opposite way around danger zones should be three times more profitable because you're in dangers like you're risking your stuff yeah and again like just going back to the iron man argument like again like it's just a really tough thing because in a in a world where we just never had any iron man modes yeah i mean everybody's fair game everybody can benefit off killing another player and you got that and of course there's still a ton tons of players the majority of players are still mains i'm almost positive um not including the bots because of course all bots are mains but if you didn't even include the bots i'm almost certain that most players are still mains but you have that large percentage that are still iron man that just benefit nothing from it so it's just tough to really encourage going out there when you're just you're you're just the prey yeah they, they are just i mean not really anymore because if they do kill their opponent then they they at can loot their, their money yeah. on another account through loot keys. Or at least delete so, their stuff if they're just like, you know, don't have an all. Yeah, they could delete their stuff. But, you know, if you PK someone and your loot key is worth like 20 mil and you're Might an Iron well. Man. And you, yeah. Yeah. Because that happens. There yeah. are noobs that go out with 20 mil. And if an Iron Man has played the game for a long time and is more experienced, then they could potentially kill that guy that's a noob. And you know get that 20 mil so that's i don't true. think there's no recourse for iron men that's true at the same time i don't focus on that because iron men are such a small portion of the game and they aren't necessarily the like if we're focused on marketing and the largest funnel of prospective pkers and pvpers they're not the current iron man like i'm not focusing on trying to get them to pk i'm trying to focus on uh the people that have maybe played one LMS game, maybe have watched, maybe watched like every Torvesta video, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm focused on those regular players who are more like casual. That's you totally know, like fair. Syndicate, he's a much more dedicated player than most. But if you know the kind of kind of player that I'm targeted targeting and trying to get interested in PvP, that's who I would want to get interested in PvP you know syndicate um because he he streams runescape he has a really good regular account now but he doesn't do pvp and he's clearly interested in it because he watches runescape chronicles he watches all of torvesta's videos you know stuff like that and i want to make stepping stones for him to have more interest in it that's a good point 
there is a huge player base that just doesn't pvp because they just have never had that introduction to it i actually want to talk about runescape chronicles now that you mentioned it because uh i gotta say runescape chronicles it's uh for those that don't know and i'll, I'll have you explain it as well but it's pretty much like a runescape highlights that's very well edited very fast paced and just to the point it's great there's great commentary and it's just really well done so i want to just say i'm a huge fan i'm just it's sick what you're doing and uh, i want to kind of get into your mind a little bit about what uh inspired you to make that and um because i'm not gonna lie again i said this on my previous ramble but no shade to any other highlight creators i mean behemoth i love behemoth to death and he's the og but runescape chronicles i'm not gonna lie it's it thank you very much it, it has potential to be like the the goat where it comes to highlights so i want i want to hear how it started where it's going and just everything in between yeah absolutely thank you very much first of all and uh i can't accept that those compliments without giving credit to who deserves it which is um primarily i mean primarily my amazing pr probably the best runescape editor that's available john mp4 he's also a beast at the game like he's one of the top uh raider like theater of blood you know he, he just is insanely skilled at this game i think a lot better than i am when it comes to P pvm um and he also is definitely one of the best editors i've ever had the pleasure of meeting so combining our our talents uh that has resulted in what we're trying to create as the you know just a, a really entertaining community channel for everybody to enjoy um but yeah I, his work is amazing as i'm yeah. as you've noticed oh, yeah. uh, he does really great edits and he just kind of knows you know he knows runescape he knows how to present a good story um and so I really rely on him. Um, so how it started was I wanted to, a, a lot of that, my inspiration in the game, like, you know, like I said, I started a, a soul soldier, like an Iron Man after Bodhi started his one man army series. I made YouTube videos about that, uploaded like four of those videos before I got, you know, bogged down with schoolwork and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but my inspiration for the community channel was largely like Chris Archie videos back in the day. Yeah. Chris Archie prods what he would upload like maybe two or three clip, two or three videos per day of epic highlights that happen in the game. Well, it could be epic. It could be funny. It could be uh, just crazy luck or something. And those were so enjoyable to me. It was like crack cocaine. I'd come back from school every day, just get a big, big, uh, high from, from watching <laughs> his videos and I would refer I, I'm not even kidding I remember vividly refreshing the YouTube page for another one of his videos and uh, I just loved them so much um, and so his videos were like huge inspiration for me and I wanted to do offer that same kind of thrill and adventure that I had when watching his videos and bring those to 2022 RuneScape. So what I did was I asked John MP4 like probably a year ago, hey man, do you want to make this community channel with me? It'd be like consistent uploads. Um, and 
he said that would be really exciting for him. He would be excited to do like consistent type work. And it took a long time for me to, because I had a lot of in real life stuff going on. Um, I was moving around a lot, like I moved around a lot in the last year. Mm -hmm. And also I was focused on my main channel, KempQ. So I couldn't just like, you know, throw everything away and start work on the community channel um, and, and do that at that time. But it was kind of like a slow cooking. We fi we finally got like the assets we needed. We finally had a vision of how we would uh, curate the clips and um, assemble everything. And yeah, we got all the, the graphics designed for the channel. So like the logo, we got the background, we got the intro made as well. I spent probably 20 or 30 hours like figuring out how to do the intro, what kind of music to use. I asked all my friends what they thought the best music would be. Uh, I asked like Framed and Goody and like Sir Pugger, I think. Uh, tons of people, what like how to make the most entertaining community channel because that was the goal. Yep. And um, so it was like cooking for like a good eight months. I'm not gonna lie, it took a long time. But eventually we got to a state where, all right, this is it. I'm gonna start making these videos in April and John said that was good. We're going to get started. And um, so we started, I think, like somewhere around April 20th or so. And honestly, like I thought, you know, I have uh, 230,000 sub subs on KempQ. I thought more of them would be initially, like instantly engaged in RuneScape Chronicles. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I was arrogant about it, honestly. Like it was a lesson in humility for me to understand that I have to earn the, you know, the, um, the success, I have to earn the success again on a new channel. Um, so with the first video, I think we got like a thousand views in the first day or something. Um, which yeah, that it was less <laughs> than what I expected. Not what you were like, anticipating. Yeah. Cause I was promoting it a lot too. Like, I'm not just saying, I'm not like it's not like I put a little effort into it. We we put a lot of effort into it, both and John and I apparent. collectively. Yeah. And then it was, you know, it initially it wasn't as successful, but then, you know, I got humble and I'm actually grateful that I got lower views in the beginning because that gives me opportunities to learn how to improve the the quality of the production. Yeah. So I can identify where we went wrong with each video and instead of like you know, having a ton of success at the first video. And then if I kept that same quality, probably go down in viewership. That's a horrible, that's the worst case scenario. You don't want to be having, be having things go wrong and then not know what is going wrong. So what we've done in the last month and a half is consistently try to produce better quality every single video in order to earn the right to a following in order to earn the right to people's attention. Um, and so we, I think we're doing that successfully you because are. based on the numbers <laughs> and based on, you know, uh, the flattering compliments you've given me today, <laughs> I think we are, I think we're doing that. We're getting better and better every time yeah. and we're not going to stop. We're going to keep trying to provide the best quality entertainment for old school RuneScape. Um, and we'll do that with humility. We'll do that through a lot of effort. And eventually we'll get to a stage where this pro this channel might actually be profitable for me because <laughs> yeah. I've actually 
because John MP4, you know, his talents are, are premium talents, you know, um, yeah. although I, I will, I will talk him up a little bit more because he, he's not charging me his usual, like full rate mm-hmm. because he wants to kind of like buy his stake in the channel, which I really appreciate. So yeah. like over time, we're going to, I'm going to obviously ramp up how much he makes. Um, because if the channel makes more, he deserves more, yeah. of course, like, and, and that I think that's the best way to run any kind of project. All of you have a ties to the success of the channel, and he ha- he definitely has those ties now. You know, like if he had asked me for for full rate before, I could say, "Hey, man, this guy he does it for cheaper," um, and and there would be no like he couldn't have any hard feelings about that because you know he he wasn't buying his stake in the channel. But now yeah. because he's asking for a little less or, or probably a lot less. I'm not sure how, how much he intends to make. We still have to have that conversation. Um, then he, cool, he's though. buying him. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, so it, it's going well. I think that's so cool that you guys just have been working on this. It's been under wraps kind of for like a year, getting it all centered and just continue. Like the, the fact that your goal is to continue this, I'm assuming for multiple years or longer. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely. just fantastic because seriously, Spark Mac Live and Chris Archie prods. I mean, those were the those were the channels. You know, like that is what you watch to get your scoop of daily RuneScape. You know, like so if you're a busy person, you watch that. You see what's going on in the community. You see what's new. You see like some crazy clips, and you know. I know you might be embarrassed of me continuing to praise this, but I mean, your commentary is fantastic. It reminds me of Chris Archie prods where it's just, I mean, Chris Archie had like no, it was like, it almost appears as though it's monotone, but it's not. Cause there's clearly some, there is, I don't know. It's something about the voice. And I think you have the perfect voice for it. It's very concise. You're not trying to flex your own, agenda or anything you're just stating it how it is having a little bit of a a narrative throughout it all and it's just fantastic so keep up the great work and i'm sure that is going to explode because uh any sort of highlight channel people love and when it starts catching on it grows big time so and you've already seen it thank you yeah we just had our most successful video uploaded it's like ranked one out of ten and i'm i'm very pleased with it it's it's great um one thing that I'll I'll mention is that we try to get approval from every single creator that we feature. Mm-hmm. We don't want to put people's faces up there or their content without consent. Um, so we have like this whole roster. Uh, we collect all these names and whoever we decide we want to feature, um, we ask them if if we can feature them. And, and oftentimes it's after the fact because frankly... I don't have time to uh, retroact like beforehand. Go ask literally like two hundred streamers and hope they respond within the next few hours. Exactly. Like we have this amazing clip, and if they want us to remove it, then we will. We absolutely will. What we find, and why I don't lose any sleep over this, is because the smaller creators that I don't already have relationships with, they want to be featured. Yeah. Like we give them that exposure that Chris Archie prods, well, Chris Archie, and uh, he, he basically ex- exposed me to tons of streamers that I watch now. Yep. And I 
one thing we pride ourselves on is crediting the streamers and blowing up their Twitch. Like I said, I watch Twitch a lot. I love Twitch. And to prom- be able to promote streamers on Twitch, like especially people that I like, uh, that I watch myself, it's really, really awesome for me. And I hope, my hope is, and I haven't seen this yet, but my hope is that some smaller streamers grow uh, as a result of featuring their their content. I genuinely really want that. I think that would be, for me, that would be super gratifying. It would mean that I'm doing the right thing. I mean, it's just, it'd be really cool to see that. Yeah, and that just inevitably happens. We already saw it with Behemoth. I mean, Behemoth started his highlight channel, and uh, yeah, almost almost nobody ever says, don't feature me. Like, don't do that. Like, every everybody wants to be featured if you're a streamer you want to be featured i mean that is like the goal is to get exposure so uh yeah a lot of people even for my own self i mean i consider myself a medium-sized streamer and when i was growing like in the earlier stages people would come into my stream and say hey i saw you on behemoth like hell yeah that's a great feeling that you're getting exposure from outside of your your own stream or content so absolutely fantastic Okay. And it really helps that I have relationships with, like, because I talk to a lot of content creators. Like, I really enjoy, you know, meeting the people that I watch their content. So um, it really helps that I've already had relationships with tons of these people yeah. to ask them, hey, can we feature your stuff? Because they know, they know who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to mischaracterize what they say. I'm not going to lie about their content because, um, you know, maybe that happens uh, maybe that has happened to them before. Maybe from that old like RuneScape Moments highlights channel. That guy was a. Well, let's say this nicely. There's no nice way to say it. He, he was an asshole, is what he was. <laughs> like I don't know if you watched from like three years ago. Solo Mission asked him, "Hey, please don't stream. Please don't feature my content." And he just replied to Solo like. Uh, I'm going to continue featuring your content. <laughs> what He's, the fuck? Like, just like the most insensitive, Jeez. just like super rude. And that's why he his channel was demonetized was because oh, just... he got reported by so many content creators for uh, using their clips without permission. And it wouldn't have happened if he had just replied to Solo Mission nicely and said no. Yep. That guy would probably still be prominent and getting 100,000 views a video because he was. He was getting 100,000 views a video, probably making like six figures a year. Yeah, um, and he got and arrogant. The problem, yeah, the problem with him was he's he's an asshole and people don't, <laughs> people don't like that. So yeah, he got demonetized and my goal is to produce better production quality than him and also be not an asshole. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> It's just that consistency as well. As soon as you become that regular channel of your regular scoop of OSRS, it just grows so fast. Everyone starts talking about it. Everyone starts, like we've seen it multiple times throughout the years. Everybody that starts a highlight channel, like they pop off quickly. And as long as you're consistent with them and you know, yours is different than all the other channels, by the way, because yours is actually very well edited. Most of them are just put the clips in, Add a little bit of random stuff, done. But yours is very well edited, so you got that over everybody else, in my opinion. What John MP4 does is he actually, even though the sound effects aren't available in the VOD mm-hmm. because they're taken away from clips, like all, all the music, all the sound effects is taken away by Twitch. Um, 
he adds the like armadillo god sword special attack in there oh isn't that crazy dope. see that's the stuff you don't even think of and it just yeah. adds a little bit more to it you can tell the production yes. value is higher it's really cool okay we have not even touched that i mean we've kind of touched on some of the twitter topics just briefly because of the things we've talked about but i want to cover a few a asks what do you usually do when you log on rs like Ooh, the average good day. question i guess like as of recent okay recently i've been focused on putting out videos so such as runescape chronicles and then i i put out a video about the evolution of gambling yesterday mm-hmm. so what i've been doing on runescape is basically just last man standing like i log in i play a few games of last man standing and that's because i'm mostly focused on producing content right now i'm at a stage in my life where in real life i'm focused on like making sure my body is healthy doing a lot of exercise and i have dedicated it's a sacrifice i don't get to play as much runescape as i used to um or, or as much as I want to even mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd like more hours in the day to be able to do that but uh, I've also started dating recently congratulations so, thank you very much yep um, so in the morning I wake up I go on a run I come back I make a protein shake drink half of it go to the gym do my workout uh, finish my protein shake probably have some eggs or beef or something then I take a shower then I get to work uh, probably like making making more videos, doing narration, writing scripts, uh, working on the community channel. And then I have all my RuneScape Chronicles obligations done usually by like 12 p.m. And then I send everything off to John, John MP4. He edits the video uh, per like my narration and instructions and guidance that I've given. And then he... Uh, edits it, he assembles it, he renders it, uploads it, and then I take a look at it, I review it. This is probably like, you know, four hours later or so while I'm working on other projects. Um, then I, I review it, I ask him for edit requests, he makes those edits, and then we usually upload that RuneScape Chronicles video about like 5, 6 p.m. EST. Um, and then like many days, I just... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out, uh, I'm doing stuff with friends or, um, going to see my girlfriend. So, uh, honestly, I've been very busy with in real life. So <laughs> those few last man standing games that I get in between, you know, my daily schedule, I, I enjoy those a lot and I wish I had more time to play, but like as of the last few months, I just really haven't been playing as much as I used to. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting how that kind of happens. I've had my own little phase of, I mean, I'm turning 27 next week, and uh, hey, I'm happy just, birthday! Thank you. It's crazy because your body, like you were saying, I mean, you start, you hit an age where you're like, okay, I can't just eat whatever I want and feel great anymore. You could as a kid, and you could in your early 20s, but then you're like, okay. And uh, it's nice getting yeah. into that healthy routine, breaking those bad habits, getting into some better habits. But yeah, you're totally right. It totally takes away from your time playing RuneScape. I remember just like when I first started content creation, I mean, I was trying to stay physically fit, but it eventually, if you don't focus on it and you don't care as much about it, you just start putting in way more hours into RS and you're like, <laughs> it's fine for the moment. And then you start realizing, all right, this is not 
leading me mentally in a good place or physically in a good place. So then, yeah, you do have to sacrifice some of your gaming time to make yourself happier and more productive and more, I don't know, yeah, well-rounded. It's, it's part of growing up. Growing up means, and like, you know, being a man, it means that you know what sacrifice you're going to pick because you had, you do have to pick a sacrifice and that happens in all all kinds of ways in your life. Um, but one way for me, which is, you know, it's not a big deal. I, I play RuneScape for a little less time per day. Um, but, you know, I know what I need to do in order to feel good, be healthy, um, have a long and fulfilling life. And that is to focus more time, invest in myself, invest in exercise, uh, invest in self-grooming, um, and just like make sure that I'm content with myself before I uh, escape into a game world, you know? <laughs> so, no, totally right. You're totally right, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's but you can't understand it when you're early 20s. Like, when I was early 20s, like 21, 22, 23, it's like, eh, I don't care about your stupid rules. Like, I'm going to do what I enjoy. And then you're like, okay, no, actually... I am not going to live forever and I need to <laughs> I need to do s- stuff for myself that's going to lead me for you know a good future. So I'm happy yeah. for you. I'm happy that you and discovered that thank you earlier. And, and for the record, later. I you know this only came up recently in my life where I felt I don't know, man. I just needed what I needed was what I got. What I got was a stable apartment and like I just felt I felt like there was no reason not to take action in the ways that I knew I should always take action. Take action in terms of my exercise, in terms of what I was eating, stop ordering takeout, cook my own meals. And there was no longer any excuses that I had for not doing those things. I felt like I was in a good position and it all aligned at once where um, two and a half months ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to go start running because I picked out this apartment because it's right next to a trailhead and I get, I, I can just literally just walk out my apartment and go start running. That's sick. Um, and so what I did was I, I started running. I, I could only run 0.3 miles. <laughs> yeah, and then you just... I could run 0.3 miles. That's the furthest I could run. And I found like a benchmark, like a, like a milestone, like a bench or a signpost or something. And that's how I, knew how far I could run. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I would walk on, I would run on the same trail and run just a little bit further than that bench. And then the next day I would do the same thing, run just a little bit further, a little bit further. I did this for basically 60 consecutive days and eventually and on the 60th day. And there were some, like there were some times where I literally just couldn't run that day for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but on the 60th day, I ran 3.2 miles and like that just gradual process, the knowledge, the humility to accept, holy crap, I am out of shape. I had, I could only run 0.3 miles and I had to be so humble and realize how useless I was. (laughs) And then just, and then tomorrow think, well, tomorrow, like the best case scenario is me running 0.4 miles. Like, Jesus, I'm such a helpless piece of shit. (laughs) It's just like, like a useless sack of crap. Um, but then I did it. I did it anyway. And it was the gradual, uh, 
progress that brought me to a stage where, um, you know, I can run a 5k race now, whereas two months ago there was no chance. It's cool. It's cool seeing that progression. And it's also really cool to finally realize that you're in full control of your body. Like, you get to decide Not full control but i know what you mean yeah yeah well there are some things that are just genetics and you just can't do anything but like physically you have so much control of your body that you probably if you're in a lazy state where you're not doing much it it almost feels like you don't have much control when you're just kind of enslaved to your own horrible habits like i had a horrible doordash habit i was ordering doordash every goddamn day it felt like yeah. and mm-hmm. it was just this Me like too. It was just a habit. It was just like, just do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go buy a bunch of groceries and have all the produce go to waste. It was like this horrible mindset that I just couldn't get out of. And so once you start to understand, hey, I I can control a lot more in my life than I'm giving myself credit for. It starts feeling really good, and uh, it Absolutely. just gives you a lot more confidence as well, just in everything. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm super confident. I mean, I've always been able to, you know, talk to people and. Mm-hmm. and feel confident about myself um, when I'm with people. But when I'm alone, I think that's when confidence is most important. Like, because there's nobody to lie to other than yourself. Yeah. And you're able to be a confident person alone with your thoughts. That is the most powerful thing. And for me, that is much more the case than it was before. Like, I feel very comfortable being alone and just i i have i have more confidence um and it's it's as a result of taking all these steps to improve my life not just with exercise and diet but just other ways of ex- like accepting my my faults and trying to improve very cool okay um zout asks if you were Okay, he said, if you could snap your fingers and remove one type of bot farm from the game, which would it be and why? Ooh. I just, I really don't like the the gambling uh, advertisers. So that's my answer. I would remove those advertisers. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that would probably, probably be me too. I have an ignore list of, let me just look at it. 395 out of 400 people and i'm pretty sure half of those are just like lms or ge actually 75 percent are lms or ge just me ever going around there i just ignore 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 it's like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. yeah it's tragic yeah i mean i have like like 20 30 names here but you're just pog with a number pog 091 pog it's just all advertising for that fake uh pink clay infernal cases yeah <laughs> oh speaking of lms yeah we we fought each other before didn't we like a few yeah we did we did and you beat me sit down <laughs> <laughs> you beat me because i didn't or yeah i'm not gonna give excuses oh it was you a barrage it was i yeah. think a 32 barrage, it was a 32 dude. barrage and i was like i'm not gonna eat that will oh, be fun no yeah. good fight though it, yeah that was a good fight you know what i really wish that I could just have, and I know this is very hard to ever happen. First of all, the worlds are really bad lately. And if a world goes above like 700 pop, it's just like awful to play on. Um, yeah. But I really wish I could play LMS on my preferred world. 
because I'm always on a UK world. It's always the most laggy thing of all time. The inventory's been scuffed for over a month now, and it's like I don't feel in my element when I play LMS. I have to anticipate everything like a second and a half before anything happens, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I agree. It's <sighs> yeah. it's brutal, man. It's brutal. It is. Okay. Another reason why we need PK NPCs. Yeah, imagine that being on just perfect. Imagine even offline where you have just like there's zero ping. It's just everything. Goes. Oh yeah. Imagine Definitely. how great that would be. I know Bodie. I will add one. Sorry, oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say Bodie was mentioning that. Imagine like an offline sort of thing, or just some way you could just get zero ping. So there's no excuses. <laughs> just both. That'd be every... insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little tangent about the PK NPCs. I should have brought it up earlier, but go for it. Basically. The idea that I proposed, I actually created a full quest for the PK NPCs that ties into the lore of RuneScape and Guthics. Um, and the goal would be to have these PK NPCs, you need to kill like one of them or three of them for the quest. And then they're only found in the wilderness and they drop like these consistent rewards that are like divine shards or whatever, or, like Ferenthry shards. And then they are made to assemble like these cool items that I made. But I'm not gonna leak those items like or the the quest lore right now. Yeah. Cause I actually got a response from a JMod that that looked cool. Um <laughs> they didn't say much beyond that. Yeah. But they said it was a cool idea and they might look into it. Um so if it comes out in the game, I don't want to spoil the quest for, yeah. for anybody. See um that but, yeah that is interesting so on top of just a practice bot have a bot that acts like a pvp or that your fight and you actually get loot from it like that's a really kind of neat yeah. idea although i'm a little scared about it because i remember playing PUBG back in college on mobile and my first experience with it i was like oh i killed seven people I was like now nah, they're just bots and then i was like okay i i despise killing bots they're so predictable you know what they're doing like ugh. But I'm not mm, going to lie, beginning, yeah. that's got to be very helpful if it's just like a medium Definitely. medium bot and it has they, decent they AI. Them, they could make them as easy or at like the most challenging, basically impossible to kill thing ever. Like, like those they have Terminators. complete flexibility. Yeah. yeah. They, they can do those. They yeah. can do that. I'm not going to lie. So even if they were to design something that's just running around all the time in these weird patterns and doing perfect zero tick switches into barraging and all this stuff, it's kind of cool in a way that you could still beat them just because of RNG. Like you could just, you just get something. You could, they could have horrible RNG. You have some good RNG and then you just feel like a beast for killing a Terminator. But yeah, you're totally right. Having that difficulty scale watching like West Ham or somebody just going against a Terminator that's just super advanced see how many waves you can go through it like that'd be kind of cool Ooh, yeah yeah I I wasn't thinking of it in terms of waves I was thinking of like just a just a one on just a one time encounter yeah just like they die and then they die they don't yeah. like upgrade their their ability I was thinking like three tiers of NPCs so you kill like a level 40 that was super only use like mage and range instead of all three combat styles mm -hmm. uh, it reacts very slowly to your switches you know stuff like that yeah um and then maybe like level 70 then maybe like a level 100 or something mm -hmm. that was the idea but i i like your idea too what do you think about like a i don't really know 
I've always thought, and I'm not really into PvP as much, but I really do think what would be fun is like a mini game where that's like a 3v3. Just three people versus three people, but it acts as I think what happens right now with the PV or with the PK skull prevention on is if you were to barrage a person that attacked you and they're next to another person that didn't attack you, the barrage would only attack the person that attacked you. It would just even if the barrage was in the area, it wouldn't attack anybody else. Like it would prevent you from getting scold. At least that's what I think it does. That's what J mods have told me. Um, the PK skull prevention thing? Yeah, as long as that's on, if there were two people underneath each other and only one of them had attacked you, and if you barrage that guy, the barrage would only attack that guy, even if it was a multi. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. So I think what would be really cool is to have like 3v3s in this small arena that are just super tactical, super strategic. Um, it acts kind of like that PK prevention where you can't barrage your own teammate. Um, even if you're in a multi and they're under the clump. So like, so like clan, like uh castle wars or, cl yeah, or clan wars. Yeah. Like that. Except I just feel like that's not prevalent enough. Like, do people even do that? I never see people doing like three V three. It's always just one V ones in clan wars. It looks like. So you want to see stakes like something yeah. to win. S something like stakes or even potentially like PVP arena. Is that what it is? Is is it three v threes and stuff? I you, thought it yeah, was. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, that is so dope. That yeah, is I, exciting. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that that's what they said. Okay, yeah. what what about this now? This is my last idea. Is did you ever play like 007 on GameCube and stuff, where you're just facing a bunch of bots with your friends? Uh, like on split I played screen? Eagle Eye. Okay, I played Nightfire. That was the one that was just so dope we would have six super advanced bots and we'd be four of us at a base and it's just the most terrifying thing of all time because you basically got like is, six yeah. terminators <laughs> against you but that sounds fun i think if they got a good enough ai which i mean clearly they have the potential to because sir pugger already showed a one person that made a terminator basically script um but if they made a terminator script what would be so cool is to have like a war against them you have three players versus three terminators that'd be awesome i will say yeah they don't need ai at all like really no no it's just that's just redundant it's so easy to make a team terminator without ai really um yeah even I mean, the one that roams it, like, the wilderness and just chooses where to go like completely automated well i still don't think they would use ai for that okay um maybe i'm just I don't. Yeah. I I am not a professional, or I'm not a I'm not experienced in AI. I just assume that anything that's doing its own thing and kind of reacts to certain things is AI. But maybe that's not. Well, all you have to do is like program it. If opponent is praying range, then uh, use melee on them. So <laughs> like... the the thing where the AI would be introduced is when it's a three v three. So you got three terminators that now have strategy to pick on one person basically like we want to eliminate this person we want to eliminate this person so like i feel like there just is so much more going on than a 1v1 would be you know what i mean yeah it would be it would take a lot of um data in order to train that artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and i jagex will never do that they'll never <laughs> create like a large sample size from yeah. which to train that against players um and players would never You'd never have enough data 
from players participating in that for them to start improving and basically do it yeah basically for because you need to do like uh, tens of thousands of iterations for the bots to start understanding how to um become more challenging how to win against the opponents there's so much data that is needed that in in i don't even know if jackx has experience with ai um yeah so i i doubt that would ever happen i know that the jack mob has experience with ai i know that he's done that before um but he is not working at jackx currently so he would be no help interesting okay um, you also wouldn't need it it'd be completely redundant yeah I, I again i'm very ignorant toward ai but i just think something where you're facing three terminators even yeah, if it was like 6v3 awesome. you got like three terminators that can actually like hold their own against two two pros like that'd be so sick to watch and then that would be awesome. and then at that point you can actually introduce rewards because when it's like a player versus a player, it becomes abusable where you're just like, oh, just have that player die and you get the reward for it. But like here, it's like, no, you actually have to fight this NPC that's acting like a player. And then you can get handsomely rewarded when you win. I think that's, ooh, that'd be fun. That would be really fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, We got some meme questions. Seki asks, is John MP4 a sussy baka? I'm actually scared to even say it. I don't know what that means at all. Do you have any idea? Man, he wanted to keep it secret, but unfortunately he is. Um, <laughs> what is that? No idea. <laughs> but he is. I don't, I don't, yeah, but he is, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I have to, you, you might have to pull this up because I don't want to. I don't want to leak it, but um, 42 is asking, how many syllables are in L-O-P-S-E? I'm not going to say his name because... Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think it's two? Yeah, it's Lopsy. Lopsy? Yeah, a lot of people call him Lops. I did call him Lops when <laughs> on the first, like, the first time he was featured on the RuneScape Chronicles channel, I called him oh. Lops. Oh, that's so dumb. That's probably why he's bringing it up, huh? Yeah, that's that is why. Yeah. That's funny. Okay, Madam Mage asks, "Where is your favorite spot in RuneScape? If I could get ninety nine combat stats, would you one v one me in the Wildy? And do you dismiss the Sandwich Lady in game? For those that don't know, Madam Mage is the iconic uh, cosplayer of the Sandwich Lady. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right." uh so let's do those one at a time my favorite place in runescape oh man that's hard man um i'd have to say probably like drainer village bank Ooh, that's iconic yeah because uh remember that like i remember the first time i did that cut cut scene with the wise old man where he robs the bank sorry for the spoiler God but you can do that only once per account. <laughs> you can never see that cutscene ever again. And it's such a cool cutscene to see the wise old man like infiltrate the bank, kill everyone, yeah. take the blue party hat. And uh, yeah, just a really cool cutscene. I remember watching that back in like 2007, 2008 or something. And you can still watch it, I think, but really? only one time per account. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, only one time per account. So. If you start an account, then you can uh, check it out. But after you check it out the first time, never again. Now, the second question, what was that? 
if I get 99 combat stats, would you 1v1 me in the world V? Mm. As long as she uh, makes me a sandwich first, sandwich lady. <laughs> okay, then that actually leads into the last question. Do you dismiss the sandwich lady in game? Mm. If she if she has what I need, she has what I what I'm looking for, then then I'll accept. Uh, I'll accept a sandwich. So what about the triangle? Yeah, I, need, what about I, need, the triangle I don't want sandwich? any stale baguette. You know, stale baguette does not fit my expectations. So. I always, I always like the triangle sandwich. It looks the coolest. It is. Ta- that's a tasty one for sure. So, <laughs> offer me the triangle sandwich and 100% go for it. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, Champions Cape asks: item or achievement you were most proud of getting on the 10 HP Iron account? well both of i have two 10 hp iron mans what is he talking about um okay so uh solus adamus is like the original 10 hp iron man that i had i'd say the biggest achievement on there is probably the granite mall yeah the granite mall what was Um, the trick you had to do because aren't they introducing something where you can just kind of bypass the poison dynamite yeah Yeah, so they're they're thinking of adding poison dynamite to the game which would allow anybody to kill a monster and get player attributed damage basically it means that that player can loot that monster's drops without getting any combat xp whatsoever okay that hasn't existed yet that doesn't exist what exists now and, and some people might think that you can already do that with recoil and vengeance you can't those aren't player attributed forms of damage you actually have to um, hit them at least once you actually have to hit them in order to get any loot now that isn't the case for slayer xp and completing a slayer task you can uh, finish a slayer task without getting any combat xp by like dealing uh attacking them while they die and another player finishes off the kill basically mm. so it's very it's very strange right but yeah. basically what I did with the gargoyles to get the granite mall uh, was I would deal a little bit of damage to them. It was ne- it was necessary because I was trying first of all to heal really quickly, um, and you can't bring a cannon in the Slayer Tower, and there are no other gargoyles where you can ever cannon them. So what I had to do was I I was forced to damage them and get hit points experience and. What we did, what I did was I went there with my clan chat, just like people from my clan chat, just random people, um, and they venomed one of the gargoyles, and then that gargoyle, like they did this with just by damaging one damage on the gargoyle, and they had a blowpipe and a serpentine helm, so it had like a hundred percent chance of venoming the gargoyle. Yeah. Then, because gargoyles heal so quickly, it went up back to 100% health. And what this does, when it goes back to 100% health, it doesn't think that it was hit by another player. So an Iron Man, it, it basically resets the, the variable. So an Iron Man can then go up to the gargoyle and kill it and get the loot. Whereas usually, you know, if the gargoyle has, you know, even just like 10 hit points less than full health, an Iron Man can kill most of that gargoyle, 90% of its hit points, and won't get the loot. 
Yep. But because the gargoyle healed both back to full, it was all it counted towards any Iron Man that does damage to it. But in addition, it was venomed, so it healed back to full, and then it would take like a, a eight da- or a six damage splat or an eight damage splat, and then it would go up to ten, and then it would go to twelve, and then yep. fourteen or whatever. And so it was venomed while another player, in my case, my ten HP Iron Man Solus Adamus, was able to. Uh, reduce my range level down to zero. Magic longbow the gargoyle for a guaranteed chance of hitting a zero or a one, uh, and then that would count as my kill because I dealt one damage to it. All the while, the venom would be attack would be continually dealing damage to the gargoyle, so I would get a one point three three hit point experience kill attributed to my name, and after like. I think I did 300 gargoyle kills, which was about 400 hit points experience. I got a little unlucky with it. Eventually, I got the Granite Mall on a, a low hit point Iron Man, and I had to get 12 hit points in order to achieve it because I got very unlucky with it. Yeah. That is kind of a, a shame that it really is just like, do you have to get all the way to 75 Slayer, and then it's all RNG. Like, will you get this by the time you hit the next HP level? It's all just completely right. random per account. So this dynamite, this poison dynamite thing would just totally prevent that. It would just make you able to get unlimited G balls because you just won't have to get any That's XP, right. correct? That's right. Yep. But it's very slow still, right? Or something very like that. Very slow. Yeah. Based on the thing that they proposed yeah it would be super slow so we'll, we'll see but it's better than nothing yeah <laughs> you know, yeah so. i think and i don't think i mean clearly it doesn't benefit every account but i don't think there's any downsides to having that i think it's just a lot more fair and it allows those unique builds to be more i don't know sustainable i guess because yeah, once you sure lose on unf- i wouldn't characterize the current situation as unfair i mean if yeah. you want to unlock items then you should have to either do really niche under underground methods in order to do to achieve those items or you should just be able to accept that you need to gain combat experience yeah interesting okay um ken the lion asks are daily uploads sustainable does it drain you is RuneScape Chronicles your sole project at the moment, or do you have a project in mind for your main channel? It's a good question. I have a lot of ideas for my main channel that I could upload videos about. As for RuneScape Chronicles, that is definitely like a daily thing that it does take time away from my main channel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's one of my primary projects. Like I'm going to be consistently doing it for the foreseeable future, like every single day. So, um, in terms of like my main channel, I haven't decided. I haven't even decided what my main, my next main channel video is going to be because I'm just so focused on RuneScape Chronicles. But I, sh- I do expect to upload like two main channel videos per month, probably at least, and then RuneScape Chronicles should be every two days from now on. Um, the reason for that is because I was advised by a lot of people that I trust, like other RuneScape YouTubers, that I need to start uploading eight minute or longer videos because um, first of all, they make more money and I need to be able to fund the channel somehow. (laughs) Um, 
And second of all, YouTube will promote videos that are longer, that make them more money. Um, YouTube doesn't like to promote videos and add, you know, try to get your attention with videos that make them very little ad revenue. They want to promote long videos that give them a lot of ad revenue. Um, so if I want to entertain more people and add more value, uh, to the content creators that I feature, then, and, and also make money for myself cause I'm still, <laughs> still losing money every day. Um, then I need to make longer videos. So yeah, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. Smartest yeah. as well. Plus we're going to upload every two days instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think what's also cooler about that is, you know, this, some people might disagree with me, but then it allows you two days of even better clips. So you have a, a larger selection to get True. like a really good clips. Yeah, if you have a day where just like nothing really happened that much, like you can just wait for the next one, see if anything else. That's right. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. I'm I'm excited for your project, dude. I always get really excited about these new things. And this is definitely nothing we've seen before, at least with the editing and stuff. I know it seems like we've all seen these highlight videos, but this is something special, man. And I know I keep Thank praising you. it. But I'm just, <laughs> I just don't want it to leave, man. I want you to keep doing it. So just keep it up. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that. Okay. Um Alistair's praising me and I, I but he he does ask favorite content creator I'm going to ignore the fact that he said why is it me but who is your favorite <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> who is your favorite content creator real talk I'm actually very curious or top 3 potentially uh, I'll give you top 3 in no particular order um, probably Bodhi um How about I just give you one? All right, <laughs> How about I just give it. you Bodhi? <laughs> okay. I'll just say Bodhi. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I think uh, that's... He really does. I mean, just he's a great example to what a content yeah, creator should be. He's very inspiring. Very cool. Okay. A cold one asks, did those guys who wanted to send you a copy of Hitman for the Xbox 360 ever make good on their word? Do you ever hear from them anymore? Ah, they didn't. Like, <laughs> they were going to send it to me. We organized, you know, where they were going to drop it off. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they, they never got it to me. So I'm still looking out for that. We'll see if, we'll see if I get it anytime soon. Okay. Now... This question comes from Wolfie. He asks, long time ago, you got banned for real world trade. Would you say you regret it or do you look at it different or do you look at it in any different way now? Yeah, it's, I don't really know. Like I haven't given it thought in a while, you know, like do I regret it? Um, Like at the time, <laughs> like at the time when I got banned on three three accounts permanently, like yeah, I regretted it. But yeah. it's just something that I don't think about. Like, it's how long like has it whatever. been? Like four years later. Yeah. Um, it's not like a negative aspect of my day to day life. Like I don't recall. I don't recollect that frequently. It's not like a memory that yeah. I <laughs> just curse um, haunts you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it doesn't haunt me. It's just like a thing that I felt like I needed to do at the time. Yeah. Um, 
and because I, well, I'll tell you why I did it was because I needed money. <laughs> like, yeah. like I just graduated from college and I had no money and I was living with Alfie and Hyphonics in LA. Oh my and God. Uh, <laughs> LA is very expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I was trying to continue with YouTube. Like I wanted to do YouTube full time and it was either that or pursue like software engineering programming. Yep. Um, cause that's what I got my degree in. So, but I, but I really wanted to, you know, I had 70,000 YouTube subs and I thought, okay, well, you know, this has potential. I'm not just going to leave this behind. Um, cause I work, I built this up throughout all of college. Yep. And so I really wanted to stick it through and I wasn't using like, basically I just didn't really have a need for, um, my main account GP. So I went to the dual arena and, uh, <laughs> I made a lot of money and like, yeah, I, I sold, I sold that to basically pay rent at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I got the SmackDown, which I fully accepted at the time. Like I was very transparent about it. I told everyone, like, you know, I, I immediately made a YouTube video about it. Um, so uh, because I deserved the ban and then I just focused on my Iron Man videos. Thankfully those didn't get permanently banned. Yeah. Uh, the, the Iron Man that I had and I was able to continue making videos. Um, but just for the record, I want to put this out there. I did get a lot of shit for real trading, but like, I donated like 10 times that amount to other streamers and like content creators. Like, so I just want to put that out there. Like I'm, I'm not solely, you know, self-interested, although I am self-interested, um, yeah. but I'm not solely. And I, I really care about the community and I, I was donating like tons of money to, which was irresponsible. Like that was really stupid. Like I did that all throughout college, super dumb, but I just loved, you know, watching other streamers. So supporting them. I, uh, I want to ask simply because of being a content creator that gets controversy. Like, what did that teach you? Because, I mean, there are so many content creators that made a fuck up or made a mistake. And then the, I mean, I'm not going to go through examples, but even like the top people have made mistakes or things come out and it just ends up being controversy. What did you learn from that experience? I mean, because it's even happened to me at a lesser degree where I make a fuck up and then everyone, it just, it feels like the world's crumbling down on you and everyone hates you and shit and then time passes and you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But what did you learn from that experience? Like, I, I, at least in the, in, the, in the controversy, not like... I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so first of all, I already knew like years before that, just from my experience about how people would talk about, you know, people that are, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm famous, but like how people talk about people that they don't know personally, that they only know through like hearing about them in the news or hearing them, yeah. hearing about them on the internet. They put them in categories because it's a simplistic way to perceive those people and why people perceive people simplistically is because it's easier. It's hard to, think of everybody as this like extremely complicated, unique, like interesting, highly, you know, very in-depth kind of person mm -hmm. with all other, all these 
ambitions that they have, all the goals they have, all the nuances of the good and bad inside of them. Their environment, everything. It's yeah. it's so hard to think of people in that way for every single person that you hear about. And so, you know, years before any of this happened, I already knew that, you know, like I would hear people talk really badly about Justin Bieber, you know, like other guys <laughs> that were, I don't know why, they just hated Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. And I would think about like, well, have you ever met the guy? You know, like, yeah, yeah. why do you, why do you instantly hate him? You know, just because this news media outlet made a hit piece on him and talked about how his voice is cringy or some, sh- I don't know, dude, whatever <laughs> the reason was for hating yeah. Justin Bieber. Um, and, and so I already kind of knew that going into it, that if you're going to be someone that's in the spotlight and putting yourself there, like as I was by making YouTube videos, people would perceive you in simplistic ways and there's kind of like an element of tribalism in that in that people you know they they can gang up on you or whatever that's why the little amount of backlash that i had like i perceive it as a little amount at the time it felt like more yeah but most people were very supportive like a ton of people just commented on that video it's not a big deal we don't give it it's not like morally irreprehensible to real world trade you know, like, so I think that was 90% of people or, eight, you know, it was a ridiculous amount that said, we don't care, man. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what they said. Um, because, you know, I, I opened up about it. I was transparent. And something I learned was to be transparent, to be honest. That is very rewarding. And people, they really appreciate that about you if you are honest with them. Yep. So I kind of, I got obviously I learned some good things and I also learned what it was like to be, you know, criticized in that way by a small, the small amount of people that did criticize me. Um, you know, they would, and they're very loud about it. They evil. make sure to be very loud. Yeah. Yeah. They're loud about it. They're very <laughs> consistent. They always try to remind you that you did this bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I did get that for a few years, like for the first three years afterwards, maybe two, two years or something, people would always be like, Kem Q, you're a, horrible person you rwt'd um and they would mean that genuinely like very small minority people would mean that genuinely most people first of all don't care or don't bring it up and then the the other people that like bring it up they're just like teasing me you know which is fun it's like banter you know they're like oh you you real traded (laughs) and got banned for it which i find very funny um so i appreciate I can appreciate the humor in that because, you know, I did something stupid and I, I got punished accordingly. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's what I learned is to be honest, people appreciate that people respect that. And, uh, I also learned what it's like to, you know, get criticized, criticized and kind of categorized as this, or, you know, characterized as a, a simple, simply a bad person. Yep. So there's no, that's what I learned. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of almost healthy to get a little bit of that controversy. So then you are very, I mean, now when I see a creator, like an OSR's creator, go through some sort of controversy, that's not really that big of a deal. But it seems like a big deal because people are making it way bigger than it needs to be. Um, I have a lot of empathy now for it because I've gone through my own little things. And now I understand, okay, yeah, people do just want to hate you. 
Like there are just people that want to rile you up. And so now when I see people that have done, made a mistake years and years ago that is still brought up, it's like, Jesus, dude, like move on. But I now empathize a bit more and I can, I can appreciate the nuance to situations. It's not all black and white. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I do black and white things all the time. Like I, well, what I mean by that is that I perceive things as black and white all the time yep. because sometimes when I'm not thinking things through, that is just my default way. I'm like, and it's very hard because you have to analyze situations and take time to think about things in order to understand, okay, well, maybe he had a reason for doing that that I'm not aware about. You know, I don't know this full situation. And over the years, I think I've gotten a lot better at that, you know, than just being like a, a brute that sees everything in black and white. Um, and that's a just, it's just maturing, man. It's just, everybody goes through that because when you're young and stupid, you just like, <laughs> you don't really, you're not focused on all those like peripheral things that have much more depth than you're giving them credit for. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking at some of the topics. It looks like we've covered mainly everything, but I will cover this final one by Riverton. He asks, is it true John MP4 is chained to your basement floor? Um, no comment. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I guess we'll never know. But um, <laughs> ChemQ, I have a, a couple more questions for you, just things I like to ask people that I get on. Um. But cool. do you have anything that you would like to kind of add before we wrap things up? Uh, I no, I think I think uh, I think I'm good. I think I I don't have anything to add. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and one of them is, what is your favorite item in RuneScape? And potentially it, the Rune Scimitar. Really? Yeah. Why do you say yeah. that? It's very iconic because going for the Rune Simi on like an early Iron Man at Fire Giants, mm -hmm. that was like the most iconic thing to do back in 2014, 2015. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just getting that. Well, first of all, I went like 800 Fire Giants dry on my first Iron Man, <laughs> which was crazy unlucky. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I. it's just a very nostalgic item for me uh mm -hmm. because of free-to-play pking like it's the best dps in free-to-play um and also because of that fire giant grind that i had to do on my first iron man okay that i like it i mine's mine's a third age bow i know nobody asked but that's third a age sick item is just that is so yeah. sexy is that's an awesome item i love that one as well yeah okay the other question I have is where do you see yourself in five years from now or where would you like to be in five years from now? I would still like to be uploading like community videos every day and doing in real life uh, main channel content. So like converting KempQ into, you know, RuneScape stuff, but also maybe doing something else that's interesting to me. Like, um, I really like, I don't know if I'll pursue this type of content, but do you know Cody Ko? No. Cody Ko is another YouTuber. He doesn't do like RuneScape stuff, 
but he's hilarious and I I really enjoy his videos. Um, sometimes he just does like reaction content. I think that's actually most of what he does. Yeah. But he's so funny and I just want to, I, I just really like his type of content and I'd like to kind of pursue that in the future. Very cool. Um, well, I can just say, I, I know for a fact you're going to be totally all right in the next five years. You seem to be very well grounded and uh, very structured, I should say. Even though I don't know you well, it, it appears to me that you're very structured and you you know what your priorities are. So I wish you the best of luck in those upcoming years. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And also, I'm look i'm very excited that your podcasts are doing so well i mean you've already done this is your 74th yeah so that's pretty cool it's nuts how fast they go i mean i started this a year and a half ago and it's like sheesh <laughs> that flew by i thought like most projects i start i mean throughout my entire life i think of projects i've started they always fizzle out after a couple weeks just like eh, that was cool for a little bit all right i'm bored or like oh i'm too lazy to keep this up and this is definitely been one of the most fulfilling projects i've worked on in my life that's really cool yeah and people you have such like an in-depth knowledge of runescape that people are happy to be interviewed well not interview have a conversation with you yeah and um yeah so that's that's awesome that you're able to do this on your youtube channel and your last i mean with the bodhi podcast that is one of your most successful podcasts ever. Yeah, right? it was the most. Yep. That's sick, man. Congrats. Thank you so much. Okay, I have one last thing for you, and um, then I'll give the little shout-out to your links and everything, but I want to hear three shout-outs. Now, these don't need to be the top three by any means, but three people in the OSRs community that you think deserve a shout-out. And oh, why. Okay, sure. Okay, let's go Tasty Life. Uh, yeah. Very entertaining Twitch streamer, putting a lot of work into his streams and also on YouTube. Um, he's just doing a kick-ass job. He only started streaming recently, like in the last year or so. Um, let's see. Who's another up-and-comer recently? That's hard to say. I Oh, uh, let me check my eligibility spreadsheet. <laughs> only people that have said yes to be being featured (laughs) um oh i really like oh who i really like is our dog our dog seven okay yeah i've seen his clips pking yep he's hilarious man he's so funny um he looks like his face never changes i swear to god he just always has the same face if he's mad or happy (laughs) dude he's so he's so adorable honestly It's, yeah, he's I, he's great. I, I like him a lot. I, 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 it must be from RuneScape Chronicles, actually, that I've seen him the most recently. And yeah. Yeah, I think you have. Yep. Yep. He, he has some great clips. And uh, I'm I'm very happy that he's streaming. He's he's very entertaining. Very cool. Um, As for the third shout out, let's see. Uh, I'll go with... Oh, I don't want to do Syndicate. Ah. Uh, Syndicate's already. Syndicate doesn't need any shout out. He already has ten <laughs> yeah. million subs. I'll give a shout out to Straw Hat Danny. He just like, you know, I'm going to spoil it. He just died on his hardcore in the worst way possible. Like it sucks. Oh, <laughs> like God. it's so brutal. 
and I'm about to upload a, a video about it tomorrow. Um, Hell yeah. I mean, actually the next day. Um, it's a brutal way to die on, on your hardcore. And he was super high, like super high combat level. Oh. Well <laughs> I was like, that. he was super high. I was like, okay, that makes sense. No, no, no. <laughs> he might have been, who knows? Um, but yeah. he is starting a new hardcore Ironman. So I look forward to seeing how he progresses with that one. Very cool. Cam Q, it was an absolute pleasure getting you on today. It was fun picking your brain. And uh, I want... Uh, this is an invitation to all go down in the description of this video either if you're on spotify or if you're on any podcasting platform there's all the links should be down below go follow kemp q on his main channel on youtube and definitely follow runescape chronicles if you've never heard of it literally just watch the most recent episode whenever you're listening to this go click on the channel watch an episode it's great i i'm sure that you'll love it and you'll start watching more and more of it so um KemQ, do you want me to link your Twitch as well? I don't know how often you no, stream. No, no, okay. no, man. <laughs> All right, well, you, we'll have really both of your it. both of your YouTube channels, your Twitter. Is there anything else you'd like linked? Oh, that sounds great. Okay. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you guys would like to support the channel for $2 a month, there's a Patreon link down in the description to get your name on the title screen. Thank you guys very much for listening. Next week, we are going to be getting Whale and Uncle on the cast at the same time. Two, <gasps> two Sebe cast alumni on the cast together. And we are going to have, I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be pretty crazy. So It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. And also, speaking of Tasty, I just had to briefly mention, I will be on Based After Dark podcast next week the exact same day i'm getting uncle and whale on so right after the uncle whale podcast i will be going to be a guest on based after dark and if you guys are interested in that i can mention it to you or i can link you it down in the comments uh but they have started a podcast i think they're going to be on episode like five or so by that point so keep in tune with that i'll keep you guys updated on the community channel if you guys are interested in that but uh yeah thank you guys for listening we'll catch you in the next one Peace. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.